yak, 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 yak. You ought to know by now. A heart attack, that, yak, yak, yak. Is that uh, Jilly Bowl? Uh, yes. Jilly Bowl? Yes. Sorry, yeah, yes. I got the uh, first syllable of each word <laughs> inverted there. Jilly Bowl. That would be a good name for a female Billy Joel like tribute act, right? If it was a girl, oh, you know, Jilly, jilly yeah. Bowl. Yeah. 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 And also, it sounds like a bowl full of jilly. Whatever that is, I've never had jilly. Is it a de- delicacy somewhere in some foreign country? Do we know? Uh, Ask probably. Billy. I don't know. Right. What day is it? Sunday. Oh, yeah, right. Sunday. Sunday, fun day. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. We'll sell you the whole, eat, whole seat, but you only need the edge. edge, edge. Mark Edge can't be here tonight, so we'll do our best. Uh, Captain's Log, star date. What the <laughs> hell is it? Uh, zero one one five two 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 three. Sorry, in the studio tonight, it's myself, the Lord Reverend Doctor Captain Kickass Buckshot Esquire, if you will, joining me. Is it my turn? <laughs> it is now, yeah. Steve Classic. Welcome back, Steve Classic. <laughs> thank, you, thank you. And Nikki, if you will, I will. <laughs> All right. Hey, thank you. Boy, is this great. Uh, you only get to come by like once a month or so, yeah, so like we're yeah. glad to have you back. Yeah, the third. Sunday of the month. Yeah, I really like yeah. your shirt, by Thank the way. You. It's, it's starting to wear a little bit. Not only is it a Bitcoin shirt, uh, for our folks who aren't watching us over at watch.lr.fm or watch.freetalklive.com. Or video. video.freetalklive.com. Uh, but it is a, a worn shirt. So, like, it's you know, bits of the logo. Like, you could tell this has been around for well a minute. Well-loved. Yeah. Less bits in the bit. Yeah, you know, uh, some people die and, like, they can't, like, like, those coins are gone. They're lost forever. Right. Right or people who, you know, misplace their phrase, oh. their key phrase. Yeah. Right, those Bitcoin are gone. Or they throw it in the devil yep. in the landfill. There, there's oh. a word for that too about like the uh, the lost Bitcoin. Like there's no way to. They're just gone. You can't get it back. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if, I can relate. If you if you lose cash, can that ever come back? Can I don't they think so. Print yeah. more? No. no? I mean, well, like somebody else can find it if you lose it legit, right? You right, know, right. like you reached into your pocket for your key and like your you know, twenty dollar bill right. fell out or something. That's happened to me also. Right. So. Well, so that you know, but then somebody else is going to find that's a ground score, right? Somebody yeah. right, else, right. right? You know, right. so that doesn't happen with Bitcoin though. If you like open a wallet, you only got like a few satoshis in there, and you forget the phrase or yeah. how, you know you delete the app off your phone. But it does make the otherwise... value go up, no? It does help with the scarcity of the cryptocurrency. Yes. So the more we'll call them lost limbo so the Bitcoin, greater good. the the more limbo satoshis that exist. Uh, that does have some impact on the price. Yeah, but if you have some dust that might be worth a dollar or two, it's, you can't really get it out of an exchange. What do you do? You let it sit there till it gets to be $100? Right. The value goes up, then you can take the dust out. Right. But for now, it's like, and most people probably just forget, you know, it's like when you get a gift card for 25 bucks and you go and you spend 23 and you got the thing in your wallet. And, and you're like, oh, I think this has yeah, two bucks on it. Yeah, throw it out. And they got the money. And, right. They got the money. They got the so, money. Right. So, so it's not like those two bucks are lost in limbo forever. No, someone has them. Right. Yeah. yeah. Somebody has it. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so in case people are wondering, this show is called Free Talk Live. That's us. <laughs> That's us. We're in the right we place. I haven't Great. said that yet. Thank We're, you. you know, four minutes into the show. The telephone number, because we do take phone calls, of course, is 603 283 6160 open phones as always that's our shtick that's what we do 
And, uh, yeah, we're going to do it right now. We're going to go right. to an unscreened caller. Caller, card. what's your name, please? My name is Jason. Hey, Jason, where are you calling from? Uh, right now I'm in Missouri, but I live in an RV, so. Jason from RV, what's on your mind tonight? I wanted to talk about how people say I'm a law-abiding citizen. Oh, it sounds <laughs> terrible. I want to contrast that with the fact that just the federal government has 95,000 pages of law. That's the, the equivalent of 23 series of Harry Potter books. <laughs> Why, are you trying to say that's impossible to be a law-abiding citizen? Yeah, I am saying that they are lying because no one attempts to read all that. Oh, no, yep, not, not even the all. cops. And like, actually, there have been a few people that have attempted to count uh, how many laws there are in the United States. And it's so voluminous, I believe is the proper word. There's so many of them that it's impossible uh, to be counted. Well, let me be clear. That's just um, the actual statute. That doesn't include the code of federal regulations or all the court cases you'd have to read to understand all that <laughs> other stuff. Yeah. Your local We're zoning just laws. About actually on the book. Yeah, e- even that is like nobody, I mean, maybe they can be counted, but who would want to? And some of them are so ridiculous, especially some of the state laws. It's like, you can't wear a green shirt on Tuesdays, and no one's going <laughs> to well, we actually prosecute you for laws. that. That's but like another 20,000 pages per state. At least. <laughs> Yeah, I think we've brought up here on Free Talk Live a bunch of times. Uh, there's a book that was written called Three Felonies a Day, uh, where it uh, basically says that what we're saying, the laws are yeah. so voluminous that it's, uh, on average, the average person in the United States commits three felonies a day. Let that sink in, huh? Wow. Yeah. Criminal. And what else? that is, is it's really like a sign that our government has a disrespect for the value of life. Oh, of yeah, course absolutely. they do. Of course they do. Uh, they don't value it in any way, shape, or form other than to, you know, milk it for all it's worth. Wow. Yeah. I know. Harsh reality. <laughs> Sorry to, you know, anybody out there, if we're killing your buzz, you know. Well, you. you should already know this. Yeah. The information is out there. The evidence is overwhelming. Overwhelming if you you bother to look for it. If you bother to look for it and look for it honestly without any bias. That's the hardest thing for most people to do because you've been biased all your life on purpose via propaganda. Well, here's my problem with it all. I'm an entrepreneur, at least I want to be. I called in yesterday. I wanted to start something years ago called MyBTC.cc. Okay. And even if I've moved on from that project, any project I undertake has the same problem. How do I act in compliance? And then since I'm the little guy, just a single LLC or whatever, right. if I'm not in compliance, they're going to come after me criminally. Like me personally, that LLC won't mean anything. Right, yeah. If you're a sole proprietor, they just come right after you. Well, even if you're a sole proprietor yeah. LLC, the LLC That's what will, I'm not, yeah, yeah. will not protect you. Right. You have to incorporate before you can enjoy any uh, of their uh, fictitious protections, right? You have to literally so become... a double-edged sword, too, yeah. because it, once you incorporate, you can't represent yourself in court. So right. if you start a corporation and get sued right away, 
and you don't have the resources, you're SOL. Yep. And uh, what what that corporate when you do incorporate, you become something that is the one time I think in uh, all of my life where uh, a legal term makes sense, and that is legal fiction. Right, because corporations—fictitious entity. Yeah, like I can't hand you a corporation, right? It's it's just words on paper hmm. that people have you know agreed to, right? You mean like the United States? But I can't I can't package a corporation up into a box and ship it across country, <laughs> right? That that doesn't that's not a thing. So it literally is fiction created within the legal land, the land of legalities, right? Uh, and so corporations are legal fiction. Not only that, they prefer these legal fictions because, like, if you dine and dash, that's a crime and the police will investigate and prosecute you. Yep. But if a corporation, like a large one, just completely screws you over on, like, say, repairing your car, then they'll tell you you have to go get a lawyer and you have to enforce the law yourself. Yep. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Unless you're a big pharmaceutical company, then, then you can't. Then get away with anything. immunity, of course. <laughs> In advance of releasing yeah. your, you know, questionable, dangerous, dangerous questionable drugs, whatever it is you're putting into people. So with, with that kind of legal system, can you just like, can anyone listening just imagine what could have been possible with like an actual? I don't even think such a thing exists, but let's pretend there was a fair government. Wow. <laughs> I'm confused. Uh, mm. I, the only way to do that, I I believe, in my estimation, is to just have individuals agree with other individuals for whatever it is they need. Now, if it's a group of individuals, far out, solid, right on. If I have a group of individuals, we're trying to accomplish a task, and we need to interact with another group of individuals, we should be able to contract with that group of individuals for whatever we need, on whatever terms we decide, and then if we want to put it down on paper and agree to, hey, if something goes awry during the term of this agreement, we agree to have it arbitrated by this person or this entity or this company or whatever it is, that would work out way better than what we currently have, because people would be able to do these things voluntarily. Best practices is something that exists throughout organizations around the globe, right? And people figure out what works, and whatever works, they adopt. And so as soon as government gets out of the way, people can start figuring out how how this stuff works best and start contracting with each other. Just think about the economic boom alone of government getting out of the way and allowing competitions in all of the services and products that they monopolize. But that would require people having self-responsibility and uh-huh. self-ownership. And I... It actually, like, and I hate to use this word, it forces people to yeah. have self-ownership but- and responsibility, which government, of course, uh, when they get involved, they disincentivize responsibility. Well, and that's why we have so many people that are statists and love the government yeah. and want to mooch off of the government, yeah, essentially. Dependent. Because they don't want that self ownership, yeah, they don't want that self responsibility. responsibility. They're like, yeah. oh, you yeah. can take half my money, roughly, and all the taxes and fees that I pay, as long as I can outsource my responsibility to your organization. That's dumb, <laughs> but that's what people think. That's dumb. Yeah. Well, the worst part about arbitration is the Federal Arbitration Act allows corporations like you know, large cell phone companies to require you to agree to these arbitration agreements. And then if you go to the FAA, which is the federal arbitration agreement, uh, whatever, yep. uh, company that they all use, 
the first thing they provide is confidentiality. So when you're trying to decide if you want to buy a product or a service from one of these companies, you know, they have made it impossible to get fair information about the performance of service or whatever you're going to get. Right. Yeah. Government disincentivizes so many things. It disincentivizes honesty. You know, uh, it gives people reason to keep uh, jobs that have no purpose mm-hmm. at all. You know, sometimes a government agency will be formed because they're like doing a new thing. Well, that government agency that they needed because they're doing the new thing doesn't go away. They figure out some way to justify <laughs> their jobs to keep the pay rolling in and the taxes keep going up and, you know, the people keep getting screwed. And if they solve the problem that they're trying to get to, then what are we going to do with all those people? We got to you know, right. bring up a new problem. Well, it's problems. like uh, in nineteen, you know, twenty nine Germany. I mean, everybody says about how the Holocaust was about uh, the Jewish individuals that were executed. But if the if everybody wouldn't have stood around and sat idle when they were killing, you know, the the mental you can't call them the R word anymore, but the mentally dumb or whatever challenged uh, or the crazy or the homosexuals. They set up the whole system to execute those people, and when they ran out of people to execute, well, like you <laughs> said, they're like, "Well, we built these position. death chambers for you know some reason." Gotta fill them. That should be a shame if they went to waste. <laughs> <laughs> well, not only that, I mean, uh, during the Nuremberg trials, I mean, people were just sitting there saying, "Well, I was just doing my job," mm-hmm. and they were. That's like, what they well, say here. Yeah, that's what. Yeah. It, just doing my that? job. Sorry, I'd hate to do this, but I'm just doing my job. You hear that from all sorts of government employees, particularly yep. policemen. Mm-hmm. Well, if you look into any of that, they talk about how that was basically created by the Prussian school system, which we have now adopted. Oh yeah. And then they they actually outline the the corruption of the state by the the crimes that people were getting charged for, like. In 1929 Germany, they started charging people with crimes that weren't even crimes, which is exactly... What, like selling Bitcoin to willing customers, for example? Well, and that's the thing. Government, they just make things up. Oh, well, this isn't allowed now, even though it's not a real law. I mean, what are we going to do about it? We're being prosecuted in their courts by their officers under their... in, In their country, whatever. Right. So we... If they say it's illegal, if they say we can't do it and we're going to be prosecuted, yeah. doesn't matter if the law is real or exists or not. Yeah, the whole like persecution of, of Bitcoin that's going on right now, not only with the Crypto Six and you know Ian Freeman, the founder of uh, Free Talk Live, this talk show you're listening to, uh, having you know been in federal court and been c- convicted now by the jury, he's going to appeal, of course. But there's all sorts of other place, other countries that are going after cryptocurrency exchanges. Uh, cryptocurrency is under fire by governments right now. Uh, and it's like what they're doing is they're trying to shoehorn cryptocurrency into their existing financial laws. That's kind of like trying to shoehorn the Internet into the post office, into the laws about <laughs> parcels. And, you know, like, well, if it's a four inch by six inch package and it weighs more than five pounds, it needs to have this kind of postage. Right. It's that irrelevant. doesn't work on the Internet. Like, yeah, it's, yeah, it's completely irrelevant. And it's it's apples to oranges. It's so much worse than that because the federal government is really one entity, but the IRS considers Bitcoin basically property, whereas FinCEN and all that stuff considers it some sort of money that it's a security. You have, to have this. 
Well, basically, if you read why Ian and the Crypto Six are being prosecuted, they didn't have this anti-money laundering and know your customer stuff set up. Which oh, well, the judge just took it upon himself to, to declare that Bitcoin is funds. Well, and that's that, the that thing. doesn't exist as a definition anywhere in the United States law. And in fact, uh, it would need to be uh, the legislatures that's, that make these laws that declare whether or not Bitcoin is funds. The judge is legislating from the bench in Ian's case. Well, and also and exactly all of these different I mean. all of these different government organizations, none of them can agree on a definition of what Bitcoin right, is. Yeah. They all have different definitions. Right. I'm sorry, that is doesn't money, work. Is it a security? It doesn't work. Yeah. The IRS and is the feds, property? like they can't have two different definitions for what Bitcoin is. Oh, but they and do. The judge, the judge can't make up his own definitions. That's he just did. not how this and works. He did. And, he did. Well, and it, this is what I'm saying with, with if we're being prosecuted right. in their court by their officers, but in their judge and their jury and all these things... It's yeah. not fair. It, it's not the way you would think it works, but it is indeed the way it works. The things that are happening. Not at, only that, how do you comply with something that no, not even they can make up their mind question. on? It's a good question. You're selling three times a day, right? Yeah, and, 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 <laughs> exactly. And, and there's the rub. Hey, Jason, thank you for the call. We appreciate you. Uh, yeah, it is. It's far worse than you imagine it is. Uh, we're close to it because it's been happening to people we know, to a mm-hmm. location, you know, to that kind of a thing. And so, you know, it's more in front of us and it's more. But like these things happen within government all the freaking time, yeah. all the freaking time. It's just about, you know, we don't have the attention spans as humans to pay attention to all of it. Well, we don't have enough time here on Free Talk Live to cover every single incident that happens, but they happen all the freaking time. Exactly. And I think that's why a lot of people don't care because it's not right in front of their face. It's not happening to their yeah. friends and their family. So they think it's irrelevant to their life. But as we just said, each person is committing at least three felonies a day. I'd be surprised if it wasn't far more than that. Yeah. Things that they don't even know or understand or even think are laws. Yeah. So that's why a lot of people just don't have the capacity to care until it hits home. Well, if you have 25 Harry Potter books full of laws, you it's can't, impossible you can't to know. 25 Harry Potter series. Oh, seriously. So Not think about how big yeah. the series of Harry Potter <laughs> books is. 800 multiply, pages each. Multiply you know? that by tw- the, the, the entire series. I don't know how many yeah. books are in the series. Uh, yeah, five, like ten. Five, uh, six, something like that. Uh, multiply that by 25. That's how many laws. Right. Are you're lucky books. if you're only you know creating three f- or having three felonies a day. I mean, well, it's <laughs> probably more than that by now. I think that book was written in maybe 2015 or something <laughs> right. like that. I looked at it, I think, in the last couple of days. But uh, the clip, the rate at which new laws, by the way, it's uh, January 15th, so somewhere around two weeks ago, a whole bunch of new laws went into effect. Mm -hmm. Uh, The clip, the rate at which new laws uh, go into effect every year is 40,000. And none of them get repealed. So that's just Mm -hmm. more, never less. Another Harry Potter series. Yet no government (laughs) that I'm aware of, at least in the United States, I'm not aware of any worldwide, have... A sunset clause, have yeah, an aging process, have a, and you always hear on the news, right? They like to run these on your nightly, your local news every now and again. It's like a fun story. It's like, oh, did you know that there's still a law in the books from 1742 that says, you know, you can't let your cat out after midnight on yeah. Tuesdays yeah, or the quaint. second. And you they're know, as and you're ridiculous like, oh, isn't that as funny? that. Right. And everybody just laughs right. at it. Oh, ha, ha, ha. Yeah, it's not Nobody funny, goes, though. why is that still on the books? Yeah. Why yeah. isn't Can somebody responsible that? for m- removing that? that crap 
Right. You know? And it might sound funny. Oh, you can't let your cat out after midnight on Tuesdays, whatever. Right. But they are literally as ridiculous as that. You can't wear a green shirt on Tuesday. You can't get married on Wednesday. These are the laws that are on the books. Yeah. You can't you can't sell a pickle in Connecticut if it doesn't bounce. Yeah. That, is that, <laughs> that real? That's, that's one in Connecticut. Yes. Yeah, like, Seriously. Really? Somebody wrote that law and it is still in effect today. <laughs> the anti-pickle lobby. <laughs> We and gotta, nobody thinks, like, can we get rid of this law? It's useless. It's senseless. Right. It doesn't, well, there, you know, also, am I going to go to jail because I sold you a pickle that doesn't bounce? Well, you know, yeah, well, minus whatever. It, 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 was, it probably came in because there was probably some political contributor who didn't contribute to some politician. So Crunchy they wrote, pickles only. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I know that there's another one in Connecticut for taverns. This is the weirdest thing. I think there's only really? six taverns left in Connecticut. So the the definition of a tavern still on the books is so now you got to be a pub. Well, I don't know. the The definition of a tavern is that it, it you can only sell beer and wine. They're closed on Sundays. It has to have a glass front, right? No booze, and oh. women can't work there. That is still oh my gosh, that really? is still on the still books. Still a law, yeah. Wow. And it, it's one of those stories, like oh, ha, ha, ha. isn't that yeah, funny? Isn't this cute? Oh, look, not cute. Yeah, stupid. It's not funny. <laughs> Oh, brother. Well, <laughs> Captain, how you doing there? I'm looking for something. Checking, well, anyways, checking the magic rectangle. You know what? We, we I'm mentioned, looking for something specific, oh, but I can't remember so where I put it. <laughs> we mentioned self-responsibility earlier with that other caller, and I kind of wanted to touch upon that a little bit more sure. because something that has happened in my personal life as a midwife, student midwife, assistant midwife, whatever you want to call my title, we actually recently got fired by a client And she literally told us that we used the word autonomy and it scared her because these are her words. She didn't want the self-responsibility in her care. So I'm thinking this is strange because a lot of our clients that we get, they love that we talk about autonomy. They're like, oh, this is why they're coming into home birth midwifery care because they don't want an obstetrician telling them what to do and taking control of their birth. You know, they want to feel powerful. They want to feel like they're in control of this special moment. So it was very odd to me. To continuously find that not everyone feels that way. And some people want... It just really reinstated, like, why so many people are statists. Because they want other people to be in control of their lives. No responsibility. 603-283-6160. Coming up, more of your calls and thoughts. Plus, we'll talk about a pigeon with a backpack full of meth. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's Free Talk Live. Baritone, like, fade in. Yeah. 603-283-6160. 603-283-6160. What's the name of the show? Free Talk Live. What do we do here? Uh, we talk about, so it's a nationally syndicated radio show where you control the uh, the content. Nice. Right? Call in, in, in a nutshell, I, I, don't, I don't have the script, but yeah. I think that's how yeah, it goes. Call in. Yeah. Bingo. Yeah. Spot on. You talk about whatever Good you want. Show, you chap. control the show. I don't know why I'm <laughs> British all of a sudden. Um, Not so great Britain. <laughs> prior. Yeah, just Britain. Right? Like, it's a little Mediocre pl- Britain. Can you imagine if we, if we called 
Yeah, we live in the great United States of America, right? <laughs> great states. No one would say what's, that. What's, what's some states. other? What's some other word that means like great? Right? You know, the excellent United <laughs> States of America, right? Superior. Yeah, the superior yeah. United States, states of America. The superior what, states. We don't even what, really call them United. Just call that's them what superior great states. Should be called. Oh, yeah. like, it should be called superior Britain because that's the attitude they have. Yeah. Eh, we're all superior. To, not not the whole English people, but the aristocracy. Yes, right. for certain. Uh, in the studio tonight, it's myself, the captain. Steve Classic. And Nikki. Before the break, we'll get to your calls in just a minute. Before the break, we were talking about uh, ridiculous laws that are still on the books. And uh, Reason TV actually has put out a series called Crime Squad. <laughs> that's, uh, well, talks about these very things. Here's a sample. One frozen cherry tart, please. Sure. You want the four-inch tart or the six-inch tart? I'm so sorry. You wearing a wire, you rat? They may be doing it. They may be doing it. It's a federal crime to call a frozen cherry pie a frozen cherry tart if its diameter is more than four inches. Yeah. <laughs> so for those of you, yeah. So for those of you, uh, you know, you can't see this, of course, but. Uh, of course, the the cops roll in and start beating the the owner of the pie shop in this particular case. Uh, you wearing a wire, you rat? <laughs> yeah. Billy club them. It's it's hilarious, but also true. Right. Uh, and in fact, they link to the That's actual the actual law. This is law. Cornell. Edu, uh, and it says a twenty one CFR one five two dot one two six frozen cherry pie. And it gives you a definition of what a cherry pie is, and uh, I'm not going to read any of this because, but uh, this <laughs> is where what it is. this is where the law actually comes from. There, there is a bit in here that says, uh, you know, the size of the pie, and it talks about you know what is or isn't. So it's absolutely true. I will uh, throw a link to some of this stuff. Yeah, it's like the uh, pickle. I think you know someone probably wrote that because someone was lobbying. <laughs> Sorry, my bad. So, someone was lobbying someone in Congress to say, hey, my competitor is selling these four-inch uh, things cheaper. They can't sell them as pies. So make a law that says you have to call them a tart. And right. who's going to call their pie a tart? I don't know. Or some governor was like, uh, I don't like these pickles that don't bounce. They're right. not as crunchy. So we need to outlaw them. <laughs> right. The bouncing pickle company did not contribute to my campaign or whatever the case or the, the unbouncing pickle company. Oh, brother. That was great, though. Yeah, they have a, a whole series of these things, and this is, like, each series has, like, four, I think, four featured laws that are, are not only ridiculous, but should, I mean... But that's what makes them funny, because they're true. The yeah. element of truth is in it's there. It's funny because it's true. It's funny because it's true. Funny because it's true. <laughs> uh, yeah, illegal cherry tarts. Brought to you by your government... All right. Um, I have more to say about this. I can't remember what it is. So, so when they when they take away the 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 cherry pie owner, and they take him to prison, how would how would that person be able to get more cherry uh, supplies into the prison? Would they? Uh, well, can you can you bake you something and bring know. it in, or I mean, there, would you fly it in by pigeon? Or there, no, you don't want to know. Speaking of which, there is that's the method that people have used. We have this article in show prep tonight. In fact, it's the show title about a pigeon with a backpack full of meth, <laughs> cherry pies. <laughs> no cherry pies. It's got meth. 
But so first of all, I'm thinking, all right, you gotta have you gotta be a pretty like tiny seamstress. You have <laughs> yeah, a real who made tiny, this backpack? <laughs> tiny sewing machine to you know. Then you got to figure out. Well, is it you know how do you make it a universal size? Because I imagine not all pigeons are the same size. Well, you have to recruit, recruit the right pigeons. They probably need a harness too. They can't wear a person backpack because they have wings. Hmm. Yeah, and then like so many questions yeah. here and before then we do, even get to the article. Probably, and then where does permit. their firearm go? Yeah, you know yeah. if they're wearing the backpack. Well, they have a holster for that. <laughs> that was a silly question. <laughs> Yeah, you don't need unarmed a, pigeon. Yeah, you don't need a permit no. if you're a pigeon. Well, actually, right? no pigeons have arms. <laughs> oh, they have this wings. one does. We are... and they have wings. <laughs> this pigeon carries a Glock. <laughs> so wait, if I have a a pistol and a holster on my right hip and a pistol in a holster on my left hip, am I a four armed man? Seems like it. Because uh, and and in both senses, I'm four armed as in armed before it's necessary for f o r e armed. But then also forearmed, as in I have a right arm and a left arm, and then and a, a right and arm and a, and a left arm, and a right side and arm, and a, right, and, a, and a left side arm. Interesting. It's hmm. a lot of arms. We go to some interesting places here in the Sunday Night Edition yeah. of Free Ooh. Talk Live. Uh, let's go to more interesting places. <laughs> let's go to Bad Slave calling from New Hampshire. You're on Free Talk Live. Yeah, thank you for taking my call, Captain and Steve and Nikki. Uh, wanted to say one thing real quick about. Um, uh, home birth. I think I've reported to you before that, in fact, my two children, uh, 1982 and 85, were born at home. And uh, very, very happy we did that. We had, uh, you know, we had health insurance and all that to, uh, to cover it, but uh, the HMO, Bellon uh, Clinic, the HMO actually, you know, I would go to the appointments with uh, my wife to be, my or my mother to be, and uh, she, uh, you know, we would just be your mother to be. Questions. Oh, your wife being pregnant. Okay, I got you. Sorry. And and uh, and she, um, uh, you know, and. We ask maybe a little bit harder questions than the OBGYN guy wanted to, uh, you know, work with. And he, and he just got mad at one point and looked at us both. You know, we had witnesses and everything. Well, if you want a natural birth, then maybe you should, uh, you know, go out in the field and have it. I think that happens to a lot of people where they ask the OBs questions mm-hmm. and they don't want to answer those questions and they're not used to answering those questions because most people that are having babies just show up and they're like, oh, you're the expert, whatever you say. Schedule a pe- C-section, right? I- exactly. Nowadays, absolutely. Right. And most people that are like, hey, I don't want an epidural. I don't want to be pumped full of fentanyl while I'm having mm-hmm. a baby. I don't want to take all these drugs. I don't want to do drink your stupid glucola drink. I don't want to do all these things and jump through all these hoops. They can get fired by their obstetricians. You know, it's like, well, it sounds like we're not a good fit. You better find somebody else. I always felt like OBGYN was like a radio station. You're listening to the greatest hits of childbirth here on OBGYN. 
Coming up, it's the top five most soothing sounds for your baby. Later tonight, after 10, it'll be the rock and roll baby birthing music. Brought right. to you by Gerber. <laughs> the Evenflow bottle. Anyway. Uh, All right, Bad Slave's on the phone. Sorry, I forgot. Go ahead, Bad Slave. <laughs> I, you know, uh, and and I, I probably, need, uh, Ian would be, be able to better answer this, but Maybe maybe you uh, or Nikki have listened in enough to the. Uh, I guarantee I have an answer, but it may not be the right one. Right, whatever. I you know this. Uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, the the attorney for uh, for me uh, for Ian. Mark Sisti. Um, what Sisti? That's right. I got that one and, right. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Um, that dude's got like a little bit of a ponytail, so Love like it. you know. The, and I was thinking like if he was younger and in like a like a I don't know what do you call it the uh, the butt rock metal band right with all the hairspray and lace and all that stuff he'd be twisted sisty. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Sorry, I butted yeah. in again, bad slave. Uh, Go ahead. He was younger when I first uh, met him, but whatever. Uh, you know, my question. You know, through Ian, I guess would be did did uh, Mark just he get outside of the box at all? I mean, because I think that's what you have to do when you're defending a case like uh, this whole cryptocurrency thing, because the 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 law is not written right. That's true. They're, right there, they're interpreting existing laws to pigeonhole a brand new technology that they don't even understand. That's right, and and I and I'm just thinking that uh, if you don't get outside, you know, because I remember, you know, when I was in for some traffic bull baloney, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I you know I I I wanted to see. You know, because I had three attorneys, because I had five charges and three courts, and okay, and uh, so you had a team, and they, uh, yeah, so I, you know, and I had to eventually give up trying to do that. I mean, one was the uh, Coas, and the other one was in Grafton, and and then the other one was in uh, Manchester, and yeah. and uh, did you beat any of them? I none. I took a plea i took mm. a plea i you know, three different I, counties was, for a traffic thing what well i mean well, it, he's got to earn his name for, bad slave somehow yeah. right uh-huh. certainly yeah, not right. not from being eloquent right he has to do like bad things <laughs> supposedly <laughs> allegedly well, I, contractually I, uh, every I, year allegedly or three okay. times a day I did no bad things. I uh, well, uh, bad things in the eyes of the law, right? You violated some breaking stipulation, the law, breaking the law. Yeah, yeah, you know, some bureaucratic, you know, edict or whatever, right? But I you know, was asking the the uh, the uh, uh, public defenders. Uh, I said, "Do you, you know, the most useless any- organization within government? Maybe not most useless, but public defenders, in my opinion, are useless." Well, I, you know, I just wanted to ask him a, a tough question. And sure. I said, what do you have any intention of of uh, challenging jurisdiction? 
Oh, they don't. No. Public defenders probably never even heard of that as a strategy. I think I've heard you mention Steve uh, at the No State Project. Um, Mark Stevens. Mark Stevens. That's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. yeah his yeah. his stuff will uh, will get you started if you're looking to challenge jurisdiction. Uh, his work will get you started. He's got uh, a couple of books, and then, of course, all of his videos exist somewhere. Uh, I don't have a source on that, but uh, his website used to be markstevens.net. Uh, that'll get you started. There are other books to you know that you can follow up with that take it even deeper than what he would do because Mark Stevens would you know sort of stay in the um, sort of traffic law arena uh, you know with with his challenges as far as jurisdiction is concerned. But it is a valid strategy in almost any legal case. Right. I I get it. And and there's you know I mean ultimately the bulk of these cases has no uh true harmed party right um yeah and uh you know i i uh, i i knew uh steve i i uh i bought his books i went to a seminar he did uh at uh pork fest a while back and uh so i mean i you know i've been trying to keep i get both two of his books nice but um uh, no, I, I didn't see. Now, I wasn't there for day one of Ian's trial, uh, so I don't yeah. know if jurisdiction was challenged or not. And also, I don't know if that's something they could do like before the trial so that you wouldn't even see that at the trial, that perhaps that was something they attempted and got through before the trial actually began. I, I don't know any of that information. As Mark Stevens says, he he's actually saying that is the first thing that you do. I right. mean, you, you get established. I mean, what, what they're, what they do is, is they trick you into default jurisdiction right. by, you know, agreeing. I, 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 you know, when they say, you know, the faith and credit of the U S or, you know, New Hampshire government or whatever, <laughs> or it's expressed in this case with uh, the full faith and force of the U S government. Yeah. <laughs> That that uh, there ought to be an objection right there. I you know yeah. I I don't I don't trust your government. <laughs> yeah, I and, mean the deck and, is, the deck is stacked against uh, anybody anyway. And thanks for the call tonight, Bad Slave. We appreciate you uh, b- simply because of the conflict of interest that exists. Absolutely, just b- because the judge. And the prosecutors draw their paycheck from the same source. Mm -hmm. That's a conflict of interest, even in the eyes of the law, for anyone else in any other circumstance except for themselves. There's no other group. There's no other, uh, you know, two. uh, There's no other uh, designation where the court recognize or doesn't recognize that as a conflict of interest. The only place it refuses to acknowledge that exists is within its own organization. Hypocrisy. Yeah. But what do you think about, um, you know, you're talking about juris- jurisdiction. If you take the case and you try it somewhere else, maybe there's, uh, you know, familiarity with the, with the case because it's local. You know, how do you, how do you find jurors that may not know anything well, about it? Yeah, I, mean, and, I think a lot of that stuff is... And that one's sort of stacked, too. The, the jury they selected for Ian was like, uh, uh, they were like, do you own any Bitcoin? And so, oh, like, anybody who did, they're like, nope, you're out. Yeah, yeah. Which doesn't make sense. And I think I mentioned this on Wednesday on the show, where it's impossible to get a jury that is cons- actually your peers. Right. Especially when they're doing stuff like, oh, you know about Bitcoin? 
out. Yeah. Yeah, that's not I mean, your that'd be peers like, that'd would be like be... if I was accused of a thing because, you know, something happened on stage when I was doing the band thing and then I'm I'm in court and they're selected the jury like, Oh, have you been a musician? No, no you you're played out. The guitar. <laughs> it's like, oh. Yeah, right. Yeah. Oh, you're a bassist, you're out. You know, like what? You know, right. and that doesn't make I, any sense. And I think when juries were first a thing, you know, in the the US infancy. Yeah. It actually was your peers. You know, we had smaller communities. Yeah. The population is just so huge now. Yeah. There, I mean, how many people live in the state of New Hampshire? Are you kidding? Right. Yeah. You can't, these can't possibly be anyone's peers. Yeah. Well, is there a definition of peers? I'm sure there is. I mean, and it's not you, that jury, object, I can tell you, you that much. Can you object these are not my peers? Only, I doubt it. If only somebody invented a device in which we could look these things up. Uh, magic rectangle? At the, at, the, at the, you know, the instant we think of them, hmm. at the speed of thought, if you will. What would that be? If only well, a my internet connection is not that fast. If only there were a device. The interwebs. In which we could <laughs> look this up. So I, I looked up peer. Do you know what it came up with? Huh. <laughs> To look with difficulty or concentration. I'm peering oh, at peer, you. Yeah. <laughs> right. Peer or from, from a peer. That sounds uh, creepy. Make creepy? or become equal with. Okay. To make I or guess so. equal. Make or be, that's it? That's the only definition a of peer? A member of the nobility in Britain or <laughs> Ireland. <laughs> well, we want some of those peers. Okay, now I have this. A person of the same age, status, or ability as another specified person. That's not so. That okay, should if we're have talking been, about Ian's trial, yeah, that was not. None of those people were his peers. They weren't the same age as him, right? Um, they uh, weren't the same status as him, and they definitely did not have the same abilities right. so, as him. So, so, so age, boom, status, and, and ability. Okay, so those we need three. we need technically inclined people. We need people who uh, own cryptocurrency and understand yep. it, and they all need to be clergy. And they literally did the yeah. opposite of that. <laughs> and they all They're need like, to be clergy, oh, clergy. You know, right? Yeah, of some sort. So that. That would be Those peers. Yeah, so peers. I, would, I would throw it out based on the definition of peers. Well, I throw it out. Yeah. I throw it out based on the fact that well, not even the banks themselves reasons, claimed any harm. There was no harm. This was no crime. victim, a no completely crime. victimless crime. Mm-hmm. But that's not how victimless crime. Okay, but that's not how the U.S. rolls. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. welcome to the U.S. Where uh, I mean, why do you think we have more people <laughs> where, incarcerated than anywhere else in the world? Welcome, welcome to the United States of America, where you must. Be more worried about defending yourself from your own government than from any other government. Let's have some of our peers call in tonight. Six zero three two eight three six one six zero. If if you're a peer, <laughs> if or, you if you appear, if, if you look with difficulty or concentration, call in. If you're well, one of there's peer to peer like networking too, which is yeah. like you know what the cryptocurrency and Bitcoin is right. all based on. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there's that too. So, yeah. Uh, Are you a member of the nobility in Britain or Ireland, Colin? <laughs> I'm a lord. I own a one foot by one foot square piece of property in Scotland. Yeah, in Scotland. In Scotland. Yeah. Yes, because you bought a bottle of Lafrogue Scotch. No, I, I I went online and gave oh. him like I don't know twenty bucks because you bucks, get because if you buy a bottle of Lafrogue, which is Scotch, they there's a little nasty pl- thing in there. Too, right? There's a little. I well, if I you don't like, like, I don't like it peaty. Oh, I love the peaty. It's so oh, not delicious. That's good. It tastes He's already like, a lord, so it doesn't matter. Yeah. It's like, well, it's like grappa. I mean, some people like grappa, some people don't. That stuff is awful. Give but anyway, but you get a little thing in there. It says that you know, if you mail this in, 
you can own a one foot square of. Yes, they're also selling stars. Oh, Oh. you can buy this star for your girlfriend for Christmas. It'll be recorded. Dig that, dudes don't. Have you ever given? Have you ever named? Yeah, have you ever have you ever named a a star for a dude and been like, look, I got you. Here's your certificate. It's you. You're a star. But what's what's funny? Dudes are like, whatever. That's lame. But like chicks, they're like, oh, you're so sweet. What's funny about that commercial? It says it'll be recorded in book form in the copyright office. <laughs> what says that? The commercial when oh. you buy a star, it'll be recorded yeah. in book form in the yeah, copyright. No like, oh boy, they wrote it down on a piece of paper and they have a copy written. Right. So you can't actually do anything with the star that you own because right. they own well, the copyright. Of course not. <laughs> what, how do you Hop own in it? my spaceship, yeah. babe? Right. We're going like, to your the, star. The I've only got thing, the deed to the star. <laughs> the only thing I can do with my uh, one foot by one foot plot of land is go visit it. Where is it? It's in Scotland. Well, yeah, but where? <laughs> yeah, but do you have the rights to go it's, across it's, everyone else's? Yeah, is that somebody foot? else's property? So, so it is. It is a, a square of a much larger piece of property that uh, their their purpose is to sell these one foot by one foot squares to fund. Uh, it's sort of a uh, a non government. Uh, what do you call it? I love it uh, already. Uh, uh, like a conservation land. Thank you. Yes, oh, conservation. That's where cool. they're, I'm into that kind of you know, stuff. They they don't. They just want it to be nature outside yeah. of these plots of land. Right. And so it's a very park like atmosphere. Do you know what it looks like? Your I, little I have square. Seen, I have seen. No, not my square specifically. But so they, like a flower they, on it they, or a tree. They, they have shown. Uh, you know, people, and it's basically a very park like thing where you can walk yeah. through, but you can view everybody else's squares, and they'll put names on them from time to time. I think you, that's an upcharge to get your yeah. name. Where it's on like the buying square. a brick on the in the you know yeah the library. Right, I have a brick yeah. with my name on it. Right, uh, I there's a, a bar that uh, they have a locker, a bunch of lockers across a back wall, and in those lockers. Are steins? Yeah, when you oh, have like your like mug real club, German yeah. stein. It's but like that the used mug to be club, a thing. Right? And you can't like your stein has to stay in the bar. Can't right. leave yeah, the bar, it's your but stein. but it's your stein. And so the lockers have name badges on them. Right? There's oh, a place in Keene yeah. that does that. They at least have them hung up. I don't know if they really do that, but they have them. Hung oh, up I, yeah, above you're the talking bar. about. Yeah, I know which one you're talking about. Yeah, it used to be a good deal when I drank a lot younger you know like yeah oh now it's like i can never well and like my taste in beer changed too so like i drink darker beers when i do drink beer and so i don't even drink beer i I can't like i can down a a 12 pack in an evening of like bud light or coors light because that's it's thin it doesn't feel you right but get me drinking quality yeah get me drinking like a micro brew that's like a a a brown ale a red ale or something darker even like a stout and a porter those things are like meals right right i can only get through like like two pints of stout and i'm like i can't drink anymore can i get a vodka soda right yeah (laughs) let me start drinking booze now because it's gonna take a while to process this thick (laughs) viscosity beer that i've drank lafroig and we were uh (laughs) We're, uh, what getting, is this show? We're getting off topic. It's Free Talk yeah. Live. Well, the telephone number <laughs> is what? What's this phone number? Uh, the the, the uh, domestic terrorist hotline is 603-283-6160. Call in now. That domestic terrorist hotline number again is? 603-283-6160. Be one of our peers and call in. You can appear on this show. You can up here and be up here. <laughs> oh, and you can be up here. Bonus if you're calling from up here. <laughs> be up here in New Hampshire. Or you could be up here. <laughs> up here in Keene. Our number two of Free Talk Live is coming up. We still need to talk about this pigeon with a backpack full of maps. More Free Talk Live is coming up. Free Talk Live. 
for the attack. Wait, what? <laughs> I'm referencing Snack Attack. I'm referencing 80s songs that nobody will remember outside of like a few people that I know. A person that I like to refer to as Genius, he would know that one. Before the internet, uh, this guy I know, we call him the Genius, he was the music, walking music encyclopedia. Right. Right. If you were like, hey man, what was the third album after the second bass player? You know, at some yeah. you know, r- random band that nobody else would ever need. Like, oh yeah, that was Jack Smith, and he went on to be in part of this band. Or he would yeah. just know stuff. Yeah, right? my friend Eric is the same way. Like, who was the bass player on the second record? Oh, that was, uh, you know, blah, blah, blah. blah. Yeah. And then I have he, a friend then he played like that. Just, you know, played all, with all, like, you can just connect all the dots. <laughs> the magic rectangle. <laughs> oh, the magic rectangle. It's my friend. Yes, now we all have one of those. Yeah. And uh, well, I, was just, I just heard something like people can't remember phone numbers like if you lost your phone i still remember my best friend well you could when remember- i was six years old i remember her phone number i won't say it now right but i promise i remember it i remember all my friends phone numbers from being yeah. a kid but, but if you but, but if you lose your phone you, now you how lived, do you remember well, you lived in a numbers. time before the smartphone a you lived time, in, a time in a time before the uh the pda the personal data assistant yeah well you lived in a time before pagers right oh i had right? a, no i had a pager right but you lived in a time before oh, I, yes i remember Remember before that there yeah, was a time like like the best pages. you and I could could do back in the day was to have like a personal address book no, made a, out a of pen and paper. you write it you write it on your right you write on your and hand. you wrote it down you know you had your little black book or yeah, whatever yeah, right you wrote notepad, stuff yeah. down and you know you would have to go to it yeah. from right. time to time now right. you would memorize your most frequently uh, dialed numbers and I maintain that every human being has a Dunbar number for phone numbers. Dunbar say, number? A Dunbar number. So the Dunbar number is like uh, your circle of association. Okay. You can only have, I don't oh, remember yeah. what the number Five is. Five or ten numbers that yeah, you yeah. should so remember. So with, with telephone numbers, like I think everybody has their own personal sort of limit, Dunbar number, if you will, mm-hmm. of how many phone numbers you can memorize before you start forgetting them, right? Yeah. And so, you know, but so that was a thing that like we grew up memorizing phone numbers of our most frequently dialed right. people because you had to dial that number oh, yeah, every time. Now you just... Scroll through a screen, well, hit a name, and it calls that person. Now you just need to know who would bail you out of jail. Those phone numbers. Those are the phone <laughs> numbers. The you need to know. Remembering. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. One call. My lawyers. The only- yeah. Right. But you, but you can't even type in someone's phone number. And if you don't have a lawyer, I believe that there are. Uh, I don't have it memorized. Public sadly, defenders? there are uh, attorney hotlines that you can oh. call. Like if you don't have an attorney, you can call one of these hotlines and tell them, you know, hey, what's good? you call from jail? You're like, hey, I'm in jail for this kind of right. thing. I need an attorney. They'll be like, we well, can hook you up with Bob. You know. He takes care of those win, win, Shouldn't one. they provide you with that, though? What? A phone book? A phone a book. A lawyer. Well, if you want to use a PD, yeah. Yeah. Public but, defender, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But if you don't want to use a PD... you got to remember the yeah. phone number. You, right. The PD won't give you the phone number. No, they won't. But you can't, even, you can't even go to your phone and type in a phone number. It'll automatically fill in. Like, if you just It'll dial, try, yeah. you know, whatever, like, area code 603, then, like, oh, there's 10 numbers, and then you don't, like, oh, I'm, like, I'm This is that. all my friends. Yeah. <laughs> so you just hit that number. You don't even have to remember. You just, I know that they're in 603. Yeah. Uh, what's the name of the show? Free Talk Live. What's the phone number if people uh, want to call? The, the domestic terrorist hotline is 603-283-6160. Uh, what's the name of the show again? Free Talk Live. Uh, for listeners of Free Talk Live, we are asking you for a favor. As you probably already know, Ian Freeman, this show's founder, was recently convicted of various victimless crimes and is facing up to 20 years in prison. We can argue all day as to if the jury was mistaken, but that won't get us anywhere. What will be helpful is if you, 
Free Talk Live listeners could write a letter to the Honorable Joseph LaPlante about Ian's character, how he helps the community, and why you think he deserves a light sentence. Also, if you're writing one of these, you can say things about yourself that give your opinion weight with the government workers. If you held office, if you had a stellar career or volunteer, that would be something to mention. Ian is a selfless man that has always tried to do what he thinks is the right thing. It would be a tragedy if he had to spend any time in prison. We need these letters quickly, so please do not put it off. Send your letter for Ian Freeman to 63 Emerald Street, number 610, Keene, New Hampshire, 03431. If you didn't get this address written down, it's okay. All the info that you need to do so is over at letters dot freetalklive.com that's letters dot freetalklive.com so on that website is there like directions because i know there's sometimes everything i just said is is up there uh there are but also like sometimes there's you know like specific guidelines when you write letters like these there's some thoughts about that like what what a person might want to include or exclude like we really don't need people you know saying like how much the government sucks yeah like not that, the time not, no no no, no. This what we need what this is about yeah no. what we need is you know letters that talk about how a free talk live has helped you or your community uh you know because it's gonna matter to sentencing uh, for the ju- the judge seemed to be for a federal judge anyway yeah. seemed to at least try to you know be uh, partial. You know what? As far as judges go, I, I would think that he yeah. was fair. So to be completely honest, letters.freetalklive.com for more info on how to do that. And thank you to those who have already submitted. Uh, they're they're putting them all together, and they will present them all to the judge uh, during the appeal process. So thank you to everybody who's already submitted. But uh, if you haven't, please letters.freetalklive.com. Uh, all right, so. Pigeon wearing backpack stashed with crystal meth. On to more important things. Yeah. This is not the onion. This is not, not the onion. Not the onion. Pigeon wearing <laughs> backpack stashed with crystal meth. Captured by prison guards. Oh, no. They He's innocent. The, they beat the crap out of it, probably, right? Poor guy. Beat uh, the pigeon poop out Poor lady. I don't want to assume their gender. <laughs> the head of the correction officer's union said he has seen drugs smuggled into prison. But having a pigeon bring them in with a backpack is something he has never seen before. Honestly, for like novelty sake, they should have just let it in. Like, come on, that's pretty funny. Just yeah, you, know. I mean, you beat us. You know? Yeah, you got it. Come on, they deserve it at that point. It's obviously not the only way drugs are getting into prison, right? Yeah. They they haven't been able to stop drugs from getting into prison at all, at all. Like drones. So the the drug war itself is a farce, based on the fact that. Government can't even keep them out of their own facility. I've I've literally talked to people who were clean and then went to jail and then relapsed in jail. Yep. Because they got drugs in jail. I mean, exactly. Yeah. And boredom. Lots of boredom. Lots of yeah. boredom. Yeah. Like, come on. So do more drugs. If you're bored, do drugs. Where are you going to get the drugs? For the pigeon. <laughs> I'm going outside. I got. I'm feeding the pigeons. Better than the alternative. <laughs> and then the squirrel master came out of nowhere, and nasty yeah. Pete was nasty. Nate was. Uh, uh, was a groundhog tunneling in with a backpack. Kenny, how long do you think you can make it in there? I don't know. Maybe five, six thirty. <laughs> Half baked. Anyone? No? Yeah. All right. Anyway, uh, criminals attempted to smuggle drugs into a prison using a pigeon wearing a backpack containing crystal meth. Prison guards at a correctional institute in Abbotsford, Canada, 
Mm-hmm. Managed to capture the bird in the courtyard and confiscate the contraband on December 29th. Do we have video of this? Them like tackling this bird? <laughs> <laughs> Send the Canadian geese. The He's Canadian armed. royal mounted geese after that pigeon. Oh, yes. <laughs> President of the Pacific Region for the Union of Canadian Correctional Officers. Whoa. You think my yeah, name is? I was gonna right? say he's got a big business. These Canadians card to get all have that. got me beat, man. <laughs> President of the Pacific Region for the Union of Canadian Correctional Officers, John Randall, told Global <laughs> News a pigeon was located at Pacific Institution inside the walls, and it appeared to have a small package, sort of like a backpack attached to it. Sorry, uh, I paused a little longer than I should have when he was talking about the pigeon having a small package. So it is. Causing, so it is a he. Causing Nikki to... <laughs> Nikki's going into hysterics oh, over here. Man. It just caught me off guard, that's <laughs> yeah, all. He had a small package. <laughs> yeah, the, and the pigeon had a small package. It's a he. <laughs> sort of like a backpack <laughs> attached to it. He added, of course, I believe there was some creative work because the bird moved around quite a bit in order to track it and capture it. Well, yeah, I mean... It's a bird. Even the pigeon knows to avoid these... Tyrants. Well, have you ever tried to catch a pigeon? No. Okay. Have you well, ever tried to throw one? No. They fly. They can't really be thrown. <laughs> you can't throw it. Uh, but it was just outside one of the unit yards when it was first spotted. CBC News stated that a guard noticed that the bird had a small backpack tied to it. So they began to corner the pigeon. Inside the pouch were approximately 30 grams <laughs> That's, that of sounds like a lot. crystal methamphetamine. They do have a picture. Uh, and, yeah, it looks like a little tiny, like, denim backpack kind of thing. It, At least it was fashionable. Yeah, yeah. Uh, small come on, pigeon. <laughs> denim is so out. That is so, so 90s. Unless it's got, like, heavy metal band patches all right, over yeah. it. So now the pigeon's in solitary confinement at that prison. He said it's definitely scary with the fact that it was crystal meth found on the bird because that causes a whole lot of problems. <laughs> oh, I bet. <laughs> I, I mean, okay, sure. Uh, while guards are used to watching out for the creative and sneaky ways that inmates try to smuggle drugs into the facility, Randall says he's never seen anything like this before. He added it's almost like the inmates and the criminals are going back in time and using an older technology. <laughs> This is something I bring up all the time. The Generally speaking, the more high-tech uh, your security system is, the easier it gets to beat it with something very low-tech. Yep. Right. Yeah. Thumbtacks on the porch, right? That'll usually get those people. So this guy is showing his lack of intelligence by making a statement saying, it's almost like the inmates and the criminals are going back in time and using an older technology. No, it's not almost like that. Uh, it is. That's exactly what it is. <laughs> You've made it, you know, an accurate observation. But yeah, whatever, <laughs> at any rate. An investigation has now been launched by the Correctional Service of Canada and the Royal Canadian Mounted Police. Geese. No further details. The Royal Canadian Mounted Police Geese. Geese Police. Pigeon Wranglers? <laughs> I think they use geese instead of, like, canine units. The Royal the Canadian Mounted, Mounted Pigeoners? Police Geese. Geese Pi- Police. Uh, I don't know. There's something in there. I mean, I don't know about you, but when I have 30 grams of methamphetamine, I like to tie it to a pigeon in a little, you know, hobo satchel. Yep. And uh, release it near a prison. 
How does it know to? Well, it must be like a carrier pigeon, right? Yeah, they, they know the homing pigeons. Yeah, yeah, right. the homing yeah, pigeon. Yeah, yeah. yeah, they get trained. Uh, this is right. my guess. This is, is low that, tech, a low tech solution. Well, it is, yeah. But my guess is that somebody on the inside has somebody on the outside. They've you know raised. They've done this you know in other ways you know outside of the prison system, mm-hmm. and so now one of them is inside the prison system. And they're like, hey. Remember that yeah. pigeon? Yeah. Remember when we were sending pigeons across the border to, you know, carry? Right. Well, well, now we can you know, get them yeah. in the prison. Wow. Doesn't take rocket surgery to figure it's it out. Low tech. It's a low tech solution. I wonder how many times they successfully did this before Bef- yeah. the pigeon was caught, right. you know? Because I doubt this was the first time. No, certainly not. Especially if they've gone to the extent of, and this looks like, you know, some sort of a professionally or semi professionally created. Uh, thing this backpack on this pigeon seamstress made that you know it's it's certainly they don't show the front of it they only show the back but my guess is it does have the the sort of harness across the front of the of the bird's <laughs> breast if you will uh because of the way it's positioned the it way could they're be a showing false flag it. uh so they could ban the pigeon maybe banned pigeons ban birds the, aren't real yeah, birds aren't real <laughs> Bird, well, yeah, birds not aren't if they're real. on crystal meth they're not <laughs> This one looks real, though. I mean, yeah, as far as a bird goes, it is a pigeon. Nice package. <laughs> Not according to the, uh, <laughs> the warden. They said, the warden, they said uh, small, it, small it appeared to have a small package. <laughs> <laughs> according to the uh, president of the Pacific Region for Union Canadian Correctional Officers, John Randall. Esquire. Yeah. He's, he's checking out the bird's package, so... <laughs> I think we've sort of uh, stomped that into the ground. Let's watch that one fly away. <laughs> it is Free Talk Live. Let's go to the phones. We've got Jerome calling from South Carolina. Jerome, you're on Free Talk Live. Yes, sir. Um, this this thing with um with um Biden and the and the secret oh, doctor. God, do you ever call about anything besides did, did whatever I, you're I watching hurt, on Fox News did, and CNN? Did, did I hurt you in some kind of way? Yeah. Oh, why? I don't know why. What you happened? tell me. You're, you're always watching the CNN or the Fox or whatever, and, and you call in, and you're welcome to talk about whatever you want, Jerome, of course. But, like, okay. oh, my gosh, I, I, man. I bring up something that happened in your background, in your neighborhood. Uh, what about the spies they found out in New Hampshire about a month ago? Did you hear about that? What was it? They found some spies operating in New Hampshire. About, I think it was about a month ago it was on the news. Oh, I, I think they were selling selling secrets that? to the Chinese or something like that. I think that's that story. Yeah, I, I heard about that. Russia, China. Yeah. And, I don't know. Hey, yeah. they're spies. Because they're not around. They're everywhere. Nobody knows what happened. Well, those those particular spies, they're in a lot of trouble. You know, just a normal average New Hampshire family, you know, then we find out they're selling secrets. That was the end of that story because I haven't heard anything about it since then. Yeah, so of course, uh, what you're implying there is that uh, because one family had a spy uh, in New Hampshire, that all families in New Hampshire are spies. Mm. No, what I'm implying is that no one knows what goes on behind closed doors, as the song said once said. You ever Pri- heard of that song? Privacy mm-hmm. matters, dude. It's true. Privacy does definitely matter. And uh, the world is getting less and less of it on a daily basis. Well, honestly, you could say that anyone using TikTok is selling secrets. Mm -hmm. They're all spies. Yeah, but I (laughs) just get your little whisper there at the end. (laughs) 
Let's talk about Joe Biden's oh. Corvette. <coughs> we not hey, talk about nice, Joe Biden? Man. No, the Corvette. Pretty, yeah, but uh, I don't think I'm getting into a Corvette with a guy 80 years old. Sorry about that. <laughs> I once got into a, a Corvette with someone, and they drove real fast. And nice. That was like about 40 years ago. 40, I never got in another one. I said, that's too fast for me, man. <laughs> did, did you ever, like, drive one yourself, though, and go really fast? No, I... Look, I used to have like a little Firebird, uh-huh. a Pontiac Firebird. Cool. Oh, the the mid engine, uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but uh. Oh I no, that's the fear. Oh, that's the mid engine. Yeah, sorry, my bad. I rode it in. I drove it into the ground. I wasn't very nice, to it. <laughs> but you know, hey, I, I managed to pay it off. That's one thing. I didn't owe the government any money after I got off the military. Yeah. When you had the Firebird, yeah. did you engage in drag racing? You know, driving really fast with women's clothes on. <laughs> Sarah's you know, not gonna sick. like that. You are sickle. You are sick. You need help. I, Actually, I feel pretty good. So yeah. Hey, it looks no, good too. Not. What would I look like wearing women's clothes? I don't even know what you Come look on. like at all, Jerome. So I've never seen a picture of Trust you or anything me. like that. So. Trust me, Jerome's not gonna be wearing any women's clothes. I mean, hey, I wear men's clothes because I'm manly. Okay. I mean, you know, do you know what that brings up? You know, they keep sh- trying to shove this uh, gay stuff down your throat every chance to get. Now they got this guy's got um, RuPaul. He's got a, a game show. He's got guys coming out there holding hands with each other and stuff. I mean, come on, man! Come on, man! Come on, man! Come on, man! Women, women getting mad to each other. They don't even. I mean, women having babies through artificial insemination and stuff. Oh, but that's they, been going on for a long time, a, though. Yeah, but that's not even a real family, man. Oh, I'd like you to not. meet my mama and my mama or my daddy and my daddy. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's real normal. It's a birthing parent. Uh, not, a, not a mother, right? Yeah, birthing it's a birthing person. Birthing person. That reminds me of another potential band name, though. Inseminator. Yeah. <laughs> Ends in Ator. Hey, I found a new band that I like. Rage Against the Machine. Yeah. That's a new band? You heard of them? It's not really new. But uh, yeah, I, I have heard of them. I heard they're rage for the machine. Yeah, they, they're not raging oh, on behalf the of the machine. Whatever. But previously, they <laughs> they raged against the machine. It's true. No, but I was this 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 document thing. I mean, do they remember like January sixth? Do they remember that they did? A, oh, this is such a controversy. Oh, he's got secret time in his in his in his garage. Do they remember January sixth? Which is worse? Which is worse? And then Trump going to the Supreme Court to get them to block him, you know, giving up the documents. Had over 300 documents. And then he lied about COVID to everybody. He's like, he's like, oh, Bob, COVID, it's real bad. Then he gets in front of the public. Oh, no, it's going to go away. It's going to blow away. Until they had to rush him to the hospital because da-da-da-da, guess why? Because he had COVID. Yeah. I said, yeah, go ahead and let him die. You won't be able to pick oh, up wow. garbage on the street as a doctor. Go ahead and let him die, yeah. huh? Wow. No, I said if he, I mean, if he dies from it, because there are people dying from it, you know. There are. Hey, hey, over a million people have died from COVID, from what I hear. I said, but if something happens to him, those doctors wouldn't be able to pick up garbage on the street, okay? But they pulled him through. They pulled him through. They pulled him through. Did you hear, Jerome, that the, uh, the CDC uh, released a... What do you call it? A press release stating that there might be a link between 
the vaccine and stroke My at child. least at least in I those mean, I over told you that, at like least a year ago. no in those over 65 the cdc uh, themselves has said this i don't no, I'm not. I'm not totally with that. They need to do some more research on that. Well, I'm not totally you know, I've done my own research on that when I was working in the hospital, and I had patients who had gotten vaccinated days prior, and then all of a sudden, they're in the hospital having heart attacks, strokes, blood clots. Just so that's all the research I need to do with my own eyes. Yeah. I don't care All what I the CDC is- comes out with. I don't care what the government says about it. I've seen this with my own eyes. And, you know, some nurses will agree with me. Some nurses will disagree with me. Here, here Jerome, listen to this. Listen to this. The FDA and Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, the CDC, issued a joint statement on Friday. That's just this past Friday. That was written on the latter's website and informed the public The two agencies were evaluating the data into whether one of the bivalent vaccines increased the risk of uh, ischemic stroke in the senior population. There's the key, evaluating the data. It's not conclusive yet. It's not written in stone yet. So they're still evaluating. It'll probably be 10 years before they figure it out, right? Well, hey. Look, research is research. Sometimes it takes time. That's right. Trust the science. In the meantime, yeah. And in the meantime, just get it and blindly trust it. Hey, I took. Hey, I, I was shocked when I got COVID because, you know, I mean, I've taken all the shots, I've taken yep. two shots, and, and I still caught it. But hey, they gave me some packs of it, and I'm feeling a lot better. It took well, me a couple of weeks, but I'm feeling so a lot better. Thank you know what God, else I want to say? I'm going to assume that everyone I work with is vaccinated, and yeah. I'm not. And everyone I'm working Uh-oh. with keeps getting COVID. They keep getting the flu. Uh-oh. They keep mm-hmm. getting all these illnesses. And I am the only one that works my shift that did not get COVID. Did you and have I'm it? assuming Why are you so like before the. Yeah, I had it in the beginning, but okay. I was completely asymptomatic. Well, actually, I don't want to say I was asymptomatic. Uh, I lost. Too, huh? Yep. Uh, this was Everyone's in the very beginning. It. Yeah. Uh, I had it. it. Hey, hey, Jerome, thank you for the call. Have a great night, man. We appreciate you. 603 283 6160. Uh, yeah, I got it, and I got over it, and uh, I never got it again. I never got the shot because I'm like, well, I had it, and I got over it. What the hell do I need the shot for? I don't know. Did you get it? Did you get over it? Did you get the shot anyway? No way. I don't I don't eat at the buffet. More Free Talk Live coming up. We're in action. We're live. We're here. We'll this is where we are. We'll do it live. Uh, we always do it live. <laughs> sure, yes, we will. We will do it live once more and several times after that as well. Come back tomorrow. What's the name of the show? Free Talk Live. What's the number? Uh, 603-283-6160 is the domestic terrorist hotline. Does that imply that there's a feral terrorist hotline? Uh, I, I do not know. Okay. Six zero three two eight three six one six zero. You can be part of the evolution here on Free Talk Live. In the studio tonight, it's myself, the captain, Steve Classic, and Nikki. Just, just real quick, because these are so much fun. <laughs> Crime Squad. Trick or treat! Oh, aren't you so cute? A skeleton, a Republican mermaid, and a criminal. I'm an astronaut. 
I know what I said. It's a federal crime to use the NASA insignia without permission. Yeah. <laughs> they, they come out with the billy clubs. And, and, and a yeah. criminal. And a criminal. Because well, he's got the NASA yeah, insignia. Right. I For know those, what I said. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> For those Get who can't see these things, they're, they're a bit visual. But yeah, Crime Squad. Yeah. It's a brilliant new series. What does NASA stand for? Uh, needed another seven astronauts. Oh, <laughs> I thought it was never a straight answer. <laughs> yeah, that too. Yeah, that too. Uh, there are many definitions. I'm just. Hey, that galaxy looks like my art project from Eighth Grade. Does it have a NASA I logo on it? That? <laughs> Better Na- not. NASA claims to own uh, outer space. So, like, oh. uh, like some some guy. We did a story. I thought about the it. aliens owned outer space. We we did a story about it. it like some amateur rocketeers sent a rocket up oh, into yeah. the. Sort Can't of, do that. Sort of atmosphere, right? To quote space, mm-hmm. like you know, barely yeah. exited the yeah. atmosphere, but thirty-one thousand feet. And they feet. took a picture of Earth from that oh. that height. A Property picture, you of know. NASA. And yeah, NASA's like sued Ooh. them for copyright infringement. Yep. Well, if they bought a star, I mean, then they would probably have <laughs> right. it in book form at the copyright so, office. So yeah, NASA claims to. <laughs> To own at least the image. So I wonder if NASA is peddling the uh, you know name a star after someone. N a s a name a star. Yeah, so that's a good question. So who owns the stars? Who is selling the stars? I'm looking for the guy supplying the stars. (laughs) They say stars are a dime a dozen. Can you imagine hanging out on like a corner in like a big city with a trench coat on? Hey, buddy, buy a star. star. (laughs) Buy a star. Buy a star. All right. What were we talking about? We're talking about the pigeon. (laughs) The pigeon. The pigeon wearing a backpack with 30 grams of crystal meth. (laughs) Got into a prison. Uh, The guards, you know, sort of foiled the plan. (laughs) They'd have gotten away with it, too. Mm. It wasn't for them pesky kids. They followed it up. They did follow it up. (laughs) Um, I I do want to tell our listeners that ForkFest 2023 is coming up. You can join liberty-minded voluntarists, anarchists, and libertarians from June 15th through the 18th for the 7th annual Fork Fest at Rogers Campground in the beautiful White Mountains of New Hampshire. Fork Fest is a fork of the Porcupine Freedom Festival, which sold out in 2022. In 2023, we're going back to where it all started the weekend before Pork Fest. That means Fork Fest is the pre-party to the Porcupine Freedom Festival, and that's great. ForkFest is decentralized, which means there's no ticket cost and no one is in charge. All you have to do to join the fun is reserve a campsite, RV site, or motel room with Rogers Campground for June 15th through the 18th. You can find out more at the unofficial website, ForkFest.Party, where you can also connect with other attendees. Uh, Links to the ForkFest Telegram and Matrix chat rooms can be found there as well. Uh, Again, ForkFest.Party. We hope to see you there, ForkFest.Party. Dot party. Party. Come and party with the captain. Have some fun. Have a stout. Hang out with a bunch of, you know, freedom oriented people. Bring Learn gold things backs. that you didn't know you didn't know. Yeah, bring uh, gold back. Yeah. Transact in cryptocurrency. Uh, right. Open carry freely. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know. Uh, you can hire people for all sorts of things while you're there. If you're just feeling lazy and you don't want to go get a beverage, you can just like randomly be like, "Hey, I need to hire." Just yell it out, man. Like, likely Some somebody child will be like, will yeah. Yeah. So, somebody will come, yeah, sh- "Yes, I'll go and grab you whatever you know," and you yeah. pay them for One it. One gold and a, back, a little more off, you know, a little right. on the top for their trouble, and yeah, you know, life is good. Nice. 
Um, I we we did all sorts of things. We got uh, mini I, golf tournament, mini the golf first tournament. annual yeah. Fork Fest mini golf tournament. That was pretty good. Yeah. Uh, all sorts of fun stuff. So yeah, come join us. I want to change gears a little bit. We usually don't talk about uh, you know super serious stuff on the Sunday night edition, but I have an exception, and that is tonight. This is from the Free Thought Project. Uh, cops knew kids were in the car. They did a pit maneuver anyway, and they killed a 12-year-old boy because of a speeding ticket. As they do. Quote, I've got my kids with me, man, Moore told police over the phone. Oh, my God, no, they're trying to flip my car, man, unquote. Paulding County, Georgia. As the Free Thought Project reports on a regular basis, police in the land of the free will go to violent and often deadly extremes to enforce even the most arbitrary law. If police claim to see you break one of these arbitrary laws like speeding, they claim the right to detain and extort you. If you choose to resist this extortion, police will then claim the right to kidnap you. And, as the following tragic case of Georgia out of Georgia illustrates, if you resist this kidnapping, police will use deadly force, like a pit maneuver, including against children. In 2021, Charlie Moore was driving his teen son, 14, and his friend, 12-year-old Leden Boykins, home from a job at which they cleaned up parking lots for extra cash. On the way home, police targeted Moore for revenue collection, claiming that he was driving too fast. This week, video of the incident was released showing, without a doubt, that police knew children were in the vehicle and disregarded their lives over a minor traffic violation. When you see this dash cam footage, rest assured that you will all know that they knew there were children inside the vehicle, Liden's father, Anthony Boykin, said at a press conference Wednesday after the footage was released. Moore has since been charged with murder in Liden's death, and although Liden's parents say he does bear some of the responsibility, they're calling for the officer to be charged as well. I don't think that ever happens in these cases. Rarely. He's on administrative leave. According to Georgia State Patrol incident report, Moore was pulled over off of Highway 92 in Paulding County for driving recklessly at a high rate of speed. And when ordered out of the car for the speeding ticket, he refused, saying he was scared since so many officers were present. While pulled over, Moore called 911 to report the fact that multiple troopers were threatening him and that he was in fear for his life. Now, this is not unprecedented, and in fact, uh, police themselves have come out and said, hey, if you feel unsafe in a situation with, uh, with officers, you can call 911 and you know that kind of so, thing, and, and okay. request like a supervisor come out, that kind right. of a thing. I'm scared of the cops, so I'm going to call the cops. Right. <laughs> you know, that just doesn't make sense. Right. But, I, but I get it. Like, okay, I need... Sergeant a second, here. you yeah. know, like somebody different. He but. told he told the nine one one operator. He said, "I need for y'all to get a supervisor out here. There's too many police cars, and I'm in fear for my life." Liden's mother, Tony Boykin, said the new released footage backs up this case. Why are you pulling me over? Moore asks in the video. You were trying to evade me. The trooper response. Moore later asks, "You told me I was evading you. What crime did I commit?" It's called particular reason to suspect a crime being committed, the trooper says. That's a crime? What's the crime, Moore asks in return. You evading, the trooper says. Evasion is not a crime, Moore says. I smell alcohol. How much alcohol have you had, the trooper then asks. 
Dude, I'm on my way home. I haven't had any alcohol, Moore says. I'm smelling it, the trooper responds. Okay, what you smell is not a crime, Moore says. Also, so they they do this tactic where they have reasonable suspicion. Right. So if they say, oh, I smell marijuana or I smell alcohol, it doesn't matter what they smell. You know, that's subjective. Yeah. We'll talk more about this because it it gets worse. But first, let's go to your calls and thoughts. Uh, Unscreened caller, you're on Free Talk Live. What's your name, please? Hi, I'm not unscreened. I always announce myself. This is Gigi from Charleston, everybody. <laughs> oh, we know you, Gigi. How are Good you? Good evening. What is on your mind tonight, Gigi? I haven't called this wonderful program in so long, but I am so happy to hear everybody tonight. Nikki, you are always a breath of fresh air, Aww, my dear. Thanks, Gigi. I have been learning the importance of midwifery. And I compliment you for all you do to help young and middle-aged and older women become mothers and bring life forward. Captain, you know I love your style. Aw, Now, I would like what to about say me? something. Uh, she doesn't care about you, Steve. Oh, okay. Fine. Your name came up at dinner tonight, Gigi. That's a good thing, I hope. And I think, I think, I, brought, I, think I brought your name up tonight, didn't I, Captain? Did you really? I, I believe I, you did, I yeah. know yes. I adore Richie Rich. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no love for he's Steve a, he's, Classic, on a, he's on administrative leave tonight. <laughs> oh, okay. Sometimes my husband wants to do that to me. <laughs> Whoa. Oh, hello. Even, even though he's the practicing attorney in the family. It sounds like he's practicing he's, a lot. He's, he's always the gentleman. I'm the, ma- I'm the mouse. <laughs> and I admit it wholeheartedly. Oh, However, it, it, two it, points it, of contention. It's as if I we summoned you. I love the fact that you are reviewing what happened to Mr. Moore in Georgia. I am thoroughly, totally disgusted once again with the crap on the news coming out of L.A. Another African-American murdered with a taser by police. Yeah, I I wish I would be surprised by this. I, I wish no, that... No, I agree you know. with you, sir. It doesn't surprise me. But it is nauseating to hear over and over such things happening. It's bad enough. Billy clubs, guns, big, big, heavy flashlights that can be used as a weapon and now tasers. Hey, I grew up with a father who was a criminal court judge in Miami-Dade County for almost 23 years, and he was also a private defense attorney, mostly criminal law. Daddy taught me, never let a cop in your house without a warrant, little girl. Yeah, that's good advice. Yes, sir. And the other point of contention, I'm learning Now, our country is, and I say it with quotation marks around the word, training Ukrainian soldiers in weaponry, technology, military maneuvers. They're all over training in the United States of America. What about my countrymen, men and women, who were grossly affected by COVID and in need of financial assistance, rental assistance, grocery assistance. Congress has money every few weeks to give support to a foreign country and foreign people. What for? 
Why aren't my people being helped at home? Oh, because government does not care. Yeah, they just want to carve up Russia, I think, into a few parts and, and take the resources. Russia is doing exactly to Ukraine what they did to Georgia several years ago. And who's making money off of this? Iran, Germany, France, America, yep. China. This war will not end for a long time to come. Mark my words, everybody. And it's technically, I mean, from the United States perspective, uh, it, you know, from a legal land perspective, I guess, technically it's not even a war. I mean, it might be a war by Ukraine and Russia standards, but the United States isn't at war with anyone, technically speaking. No, they're making money off of misery, just like when Iraq and Iran were at war for years and years and years, yep. and just like Syria wages war against its own people. Europe and the United States and Asia sit back, sell, 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 and make lots of money. Yep, and sell to no matter, you know, both sides. That's all, Doesn't yeah. matter who. Right. That's correct. That is absolutely correct. But what happened with Mr. Moore? And what happened with the gentleman, the school teacher from Washington, D.C., out on vacation in L.A.? Unbelievable! Yeah, uh, I wish more folks were outraged at the actions of, well, our masters, really, because it's... Not my master. Well... <laughs> I'll tell you who my master was growing up. I was petrified of my mother. The wrath of a Jewish mother. <laughs> I was never afraid of the police. I was never afraid of daddy. And many nights, daddy came home still wearing his black robe over his suit and tie. But I was afraid of the wrath of my Jewish mother. She would have clobbered me. <laughs> I bet she made a mean brisket, though. Actually, she did. You're so cute. <laughs> I, I just, I'm a big fan of brisket. That's all, that's all I'm saying. Well, I, it's funny because my mom's family are all from Europe. My dad's family are also Jewish, but we are Sephardic from North Africa. That's why I have a vicious temper, but I make a delicious spinacopita. Ooh, <laughs> oh, yeah. Nice, yeah. Hey, Gigi, thank you so much for the call. We appreciate all you. All of you be well and keep plugging in on current events. I love it. <laughs> Thanks, Gigi. Oh, we love you, Gigi. Thanks, Gigi. Always a great caller. Yeah. Six yeah. great. Six zero three two eight three six one six zero. Uh if you'd like to participate here at Free Talk Live tonight. Uh so we were talking about uh, this case with Mr. Charlie Moore out of Georgia where he was pulled over, had some sort of interaction with the uh the the highway patrol, uh dialed nine one one to tell them Hey, uh, there's too many cops here. They're threatening me. I, I'm fearing for my life. Please send a supervisor. So they sent more cops. Uh, well, we didn't get to that yet. Mm -hmm. uh, trooper, uh, uh, you know, they d detailed the interaction of what was said. When a trooper on the scene began attempting to smash in Moore's window, he fled the scene to preserve his life. During the chase, he stayed on the phone with 911, clearly indicating to them that he was not a threat and just wanted to be in a safer situation. Quote, I'm afraid. I'm afraid for my life, he told 911. They need to get them off me right now because I'm scared. I've got my kids with me right now. Everyone involved, from the 911 operator to the troopers involved in the stop, knew that there were children in the car. They also knew who the car was registered knew to. They knew the driver's name, the driver's address, and easily could have gone to his home after this 
to enforce the penalties for fleeing a stop for speeding. That, of course, didn't happen. Instead of applying logic and reason and allowing Moore to simply drive home, drop off the children, and then safely arrest him later at his home, one state trooper decided to conduct a pit maneuver on a car he knew was full of children to flip Moore's car over for a speeding ticket. It's crazy. Good hitting police. It's my understanding that police training on pit maneuvers is only used in like stolen cars. Well, it's like speed only in what we're going to call life threatening situations. But like you don't do that over a speeding ticket when there are children and you can't even be like, oh, well, you know, the cops were just trying to help the children and they were, you know, they thought the children were in danger. Well, you just tried to kill Mm -hmm. them. So can't even use that excuse. Right. So anyway, uh, on the 911 call, we can hear the trooper trying to flip the vehicle despite more pleading with 911 that he has his kids in the car. I've got my kids with me, man, Moore told police over the phone. Oh, my God, no, they're trying to flip my car, man. According to the 911 call, Moore remained connected to dispatch during the attack by the trooper, and the car is heard rolling over before Moore shouts, Laden, 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 no. He knew Laden had been killed. The official policy of pit maneuvers is fairly specific on avoiding incidents involving children in the vehicle. Nevertheless, troopers decided the enforcement of a speeding ticket was more important than the lives of two children, and it was carried out. Moore has been held in jail without bail for the charge of murder, and while he certainly deserves to be held accountable for his role in the child's demise, he was most assuredly not the one who killed him. You know what? I can't get down with that. Oh, his role in the child's death. He felt that those children and himself were in danger. I don't know how many cops are on the scene, but I know when I get pulled over in Keene, there's at least three cruisers there. So I can imagine it was three or more. He, I don't, I, it sounds like he's a black individual. Sometimes that can be a scarier situation because we know cops love to target black and brown people. So he was trying to do what he felt was right as a parent and a person you know right caregiver the, of a child the kid who died wasn't even his it was his son's no. friend and you know when there's mm. another child in the car right. as a parent you're or an adult it's your responsibility to keep them safe so it sounded like he was doing what was in the children's best interest because he was scared of the situation with the police so he fled the scene fearing for his life and they're gonna try to pin this murder on him when it was the cop that flipped the car right and he was just trying to get the children to safety. Right. That is BS. I agree. I'm wondering if they also gave him a uh, another charge of like using a cell phone while driving. They probably tack that on as well. I'm sure they tacked a lot oh. of other charges on. You can't use a cell phone while you're driving. That's another. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's another penalty. Another fine. The uh, trooper who conducted this pit maneuver leading to the death of an innocent child has since returned to regular duty oh, I'm sure. after a brief paid vacation. Yeah, he oh, should rot nice in jail. paid vacation. Quote, for them to be holding someone for a murder charge when it could have been de-escalated and my child would still be here, Liden's mother said. Instead, it was escalated and resulted in my child getting killed. Unquote. There is some dash cam footage here, but I will not play that for you. I will post a link to the story to our social medias, of course. But I'm with you, Nikki. Like, this should have been played out much differently than it did. 
There was no reason. Like, you pulled a guy over for speeding. Okay, fine. He's got some kids in the car. Uh, you know, you're acting in a threatening manner because, of course, you are. You try and smash his window. Yeah. Uh, and so he takes off, uh, you know. Yeah, they're going to well, go, oh, we we got to get him. Yeah. And you know what? We got to you, know you know where he's driving to. He's got to yeah. go home. You got the address and everything. Just, they get yeah. all just filled with adrenaline and, yeah. you know, get all crazy because that's yeah. what happens to right. these they're all armed thugs. Yeah, right. they're yeah. all, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and you know what the issue, a part of the issue is? They don't know any de-escalation tactics. Like working in healthcare, we oftentimes work with people who are feeling threatened from the situation they're in yeah. or maybe they're mentally ill, whatever. So we're trained in a lot of de-escalation. So, you know, the way your you your body language, the way you talk to people. And let me tell you, it's the exact opposite of what cops do in right. any traffic stop. Anytime I've ever been in, in an encounter with a police officer, they do the opposite of de-escalation. They you make know, you they're more uncomfortable. They're, they're right. threatening their body language, the way yeah. they speak to you, everything about it escalates the situation. Hand on the pistol. Yeah. Whoa. You know, so they don't know how to de-escalate the situation. That's not their job. Yeah, it certainly is not. Well, and it really calls into question what exactly is their job. Because, you know, everybody says, oh, to protect and serve. Well, not well, they you. They don't do that. They, that's a, that's they a, protect and serve the government. That's not a bumper you. sticker. No, they shouldn't have a job. Uh, yeah, I mean, the job shouldn't exist. If you need security... You should be able to hire private security forces. Yeah, you know, or they're services. terrorists. Yeah, what what we have here are armed thugs with a monopoly on the initiation of force. Yeah, and this is what you get when you have that type of a system. And everybody's like, "Oh, it's just a few bad apples rotten the barrel." No, yeah, but those bad apples kill people. Yeah. Well, and it's also it's not the bad apples. It's the whole the system, the yeah. tree yeah. is rotten and right. poisoning people, and yeah. you know, killing people. And they it's all like, back each other up. It's like you're keeping food in a refrigerator with no freon, right? Yeah. it's going to go bad. The whole yeah. bear, it's it's the, whole the apparatus. <laughs> the apparatus is what's creating the rotten apples. Yeah, right. exactly. Right? It's the what's attracting. Itself, yeah. you know, it's what's attracting these monsters. So, you know, if you're a psychopath and I'm like, hey, I'm going to give you a gun and a badge, you're going to have immunity, you get to kill people, you get to act like you're better than everyone else. Yeah, a lot of psychopaths like, are going to. Yeah, exactly. Police interceptor, you can hang a dunk of donuts. Yeah. Awesome. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah, it's. Hey, uh, hey, you know, thin blue line, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, the longer I'm alive, the more I'm convinced that. The organization known as government, the state, if you will, is archaic, barbaric, antique, and is the equivalent of modern slavery. We need to go back to old technology (laughs) with the government. 603-283-6160 is the number to call in. (laughs) I don't know. More Free Talk Live is coming up. Back in the saddle again? Back in black? 
That's it? That's all we can think of? I know. I was like, should I... Hang on. Back to the future? But... Back. um, back Backyotomy? I don't know. You got me. (laughs) Back. It is Free Talk Live, in case you're wondering what you're listening to. It's the name of the show, freetalklive.com. If you've never heard of us, please visit, visit us there. Find out all about us. We are live call-in radio program, which means if you want to participate, you can call 603-283-6160. Again, 603-283-6160. Joining me in the studio tonight, it's... Steve Classic. And Nikki. I, of course, am the Reverend Captain Kickass. We've been talking about all sorts of fun things, and we've got a couple more things in store for you, but first... I want to say thank you to Bonnie Nestat. Bonnie Nestat is a gold level amplifier, and that means that she gives $25 per month. Wow. I love gold. No, wait, no. Wait, no, I'm wrong. That's 10 bucks a month. We only ask for five. Oh. Five is silver, 10 bucks is gold, and 25 I believe, is platinum. Become platinum. a plutonium. It's platinum. Yes, yes lovely. It's platinum. Yes. Where's my suitcase full of money? At any rate. Why is Bonnie giving us money? Why It's called She's an Amplifier. Yeah, she's and, cool. And you can, well, she's cool, yeah. Uh, you can find out all about the Amplifier program at amps.freetalklive.com. What does AMPS stand for? It's Advertise, Market, Promote, and Support. That means that Bonnie likes this show enough, and the hosts, the co-hosts, the callers, the topics, the perspective of peace, freedom, and prosperity, and liberty that we bring she likes it enough to contribute 10 bucks a month to help us get onto more radio stations. We're currently on about 170-ish radio stations. We could be on 200. We have been on 200, 250, 300. Not out of the question. It, it's all up to you. If you like this show, the perspective that we bring, and you find that it has value, please consider joining amps.freetalklive.com. Thank you, Bonnie, for your contribution. We appreciate you. All right, uh, Nikki, you brought in this bit about some nurses going on strike, and and I want to get to that. But before we do, let's go to your calls and thoughts. We've got Major Payne calling from Michigan. Major. Backstraps with butter. Butter. Backstraps, right? Thank you. Yes, yes. Um, So anyway, I got a quick story about my own recollections of the Georgia State Troopers, and then I got a question on your open carry laws in New Hampshire there. Okay. So this was a few years ago. A buddy of mine had just bought like two square miles down in southern Georgia. They used to call the meat patch. It was like canal on one side, swamp on the other, and a river on the third with a big nasty eight-foot fence on the you know half-mile of road frontage. Okay. And they obviously used to keep mules there because none of the critters could get out. But now it's a home to some bunch of nasty feral hogs. So we okay. were going down there pig hunting. And we're blasting down 75 heading to Georgia. And this went on for about 200 miles, seems every 20 to 50 miles. We were driving a big, my buddy had just, I think it was like the third year they came out with that black Challenger, you know, smoking car. But uh, about every 20, 50 miles, one of these little black, um, the cops were driving chargers. I think they were a little jealous. So anyway, they'd (laughs) pop out about every 20 to 50 miles and pull up beside me and, you know, rev the engine, bounce the nose and whatnot, trying to get me to drag race. 
This went on for 200 freaking miles. Wait, wait, wait. I just want to be clear because indica- we indicated earlier that drag racing meant driving really fast with women's clothes on. Were you doing that? Were the cops doing oh, that? Oh, no, no. Okay. Wrong kind of drag, dude. That's a show for area. Leave it be. Okay, all right. Continue. So anyway, yeah, they were trying to goad me into breaking the law. And if I'd have been, you know, a 25, 30-year-old kid, I might have fell for it and ended up with a pit maneuver my own damn self. Hmm. Pit maneuvered yourself. No, no the they other... might have, I might have ended up causing a pit maneuver on my own self by oh, I breaking see. the law and thereby giving them permission to get up my arse, as it were. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've actually had a dream like that, drag racing the police. I won in the dream, obviously. But you wear women's clothes all the time. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, I was wearing men's clothing, (laughs) as I often do. It's funny how when women wear men's clothing that they don't say, oh, you're in drag today. Yeah. (laughs) They just assume I'm a lesbian. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you got long hair. Yeah. Elder's a lumber queen. Yes. (laughs) Uh, What was the other thing you were were calling about? Bata. Uh, Bata. Bata. Oh, yeah, on the uh, your open carry laws in New Hampshire. Yeah, you can just now, do it. I am, I, I am felonious, so I, I'm allowed to carry a club here in Michigan, which is what oh. they classify a black powder as. Yeah. You're How st- does that law transcribe over to New Hampshire? You're still prohibited at the federal level. There is, however, uh, there is, however legislation on the docket right now by one of the uh, liberty-leaning reps in the New Hampshire uh what is he in the house state house state house yes thank you uh and anyway this uh, legislature uh, this legislation on the docket would allow for uh, felons to regain their uh, privileges of carrying firearms uh, after a period of time you mean their rights yes thank you get yes. their rights back get their get their rights back for carrying arms now that hasn't passed yet but it is on a docket uh, and up mm-hmm. for consideration. So you're talking on the state level, right? At what level? State no level. federal, right? State. Well, because they're the state. in the state house, right. so that would be federal, right? They're, what they're trying to do is supersede uh, the federal court in that respect and say that uh, if you're in New Hampshire uh, and you, uh, you know, you're a felon, but it's been X amount of time. I don't know what that time is—ten years, something—or if your felonious crime was nonviolent then your ability to not only own a gun but carry openly uh, is restored. But that would just be in New Hampshire? That would just be, be in New Hampshire, thing? yes. Okay. That's a Tenth Amendment uh, at type least, thing. At least it would set precedence, and there might yeah, be a exactly. small brother going across the country then. Right. Yep. It's got to All start right, somewhere. Good to hear. Right. Hey, Love thank, you guys, man. Thanks for the call, Major. We appreciate you. All right. Uh, so yeah, I don't know much more about that. I just happened to have noticed it. There was a, a state rep, Matt Santanastaso, who has submitted many things, uh, and this was one of them. Oh, I didn't know Matt uh, was doing this. I think it was, or maybe it was Jason Gerhardt. I don't remember. One of the two of them. Yeah. Either way. Doesn't uh, matter who gets it, it was in a list of things <laughs> that, and I was like, oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, right? that's awesome. Because that's kind of like one of the many peeves that i have is okay a guy gets incarcerated yeah non-violent and, and, he, and he serves crime. his entire sentence why for the rest of his life can he not defend himself 
Well, and that's the thing, too. You think that, okay, if you commit a crime, your punishment is going to jail. Yeah. When you're out of jail, that should be it. You've paid right. your but if yes. you're, unless you Unless you get out of jail on like probation well, or parole or something well, for a period there, of time. But, but once that, that expires, your rights should be restored. Mm-hmm. But fully. then if you're a felon, it's difficult to get a job. Right. You can't defend yourself. And there, I'm sure there's a list of, you know, a number of other things mm-hmm. you can't do being a felon or even just being an ex-convict of any crime, even yeah. if it's not a felony. Oh, if you're a felon you know? and you go into a bar with strangers and, uh, you know, you start chatting it up with some and one of them is a felon, uh, you can be rearrested for associating with felons. What? Yeah. Wow. I've never even heard of that. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. I mean, it depends on the conditions of your release, like, you know, but yeah. Yeah. Associating, uh, felons associating with felons is frowned upon. By the who cares? The police state. We're all felons, though. Yeah, three times, three times a day. A day yeah. <laughs> three times a day. We're all felons. Have you committed your three felonies today? At least. <laughs> At least, yeah. That <laughs> should be like a public service announcement. Right? Yeah. <laughs> do do do. Have you committed your three, three felonies? Do today? you know where your children are? <laughs> it's ten o'clock. Have you committed three felonies today? <laughs> You've only got two hours. If you haven't, get those three in now while you can. Uh, actually, it's 9.15 here at the Free Talk Live studios. Why would New York's nurses go on strike and what did they win? Nikki, do you know? I could definitely tell you. Uh, do you want to read this? Sure. Do you have it? I do. Okay, get it. All right. After working through years of a pandemic at understaffed hospitals, hospital nurses are burned out. Yeah, that's an understatement. <laughs> In New York City, a three-day strike won them better staffing arrangements. And this is something, a common misconception when nurses go on strike is, oh, they're greedy, they just want more money. No, it's never about money. I've never heard of nurses going on strike because of money. They're going on strike because of staffing ratios. It's my understanding nurses' pay is pretty good. It's pretty good, yeah. Yeah. You know, and I, I heard in New York City from a travel nurse that I'm friends with, they were paying travel nurses at least, starting minimum, $115 $115 an hour. What is a travel nurse for our listeners? So a travel nurse is a nurse that gets licensed in various states and they travel from their home state. Sometimes you can be a travel nurse in your home state, but essentially they're just going... So the, you're a freelancer. Yeah. Kind of. So they're contracted. The hospitals contract them when they're short and they work and they you know work a three-month contract. So a hospital they, can't get enough staff locally, so they reach out yes. to these traveling nurses and who come t- from wherever, wherever. Yeah, exactly. to help fill the void. And they typically get paid like almost double, nice. depending wow. on the, you know, like California and Alaska pay big money for travel nurses. And right now, New York City is up there with what they're paying travel nurses because they're so short-staffed. Right. And with the tridemic. Oh, the tridemic. Yeah, the tridemic. Yes. So, imagine- but they were they were short staffed because they let a lot of them go because they wouldn't get the yeah. job. So yeah. they created their own problem. The hospital I was working at was so short staffed. I was a CNA at the time. I was there were supposed to be three CNAs on the shift that I was working. I just want to be it clear: you're not saying that everybody on staff was not tall. <laughs> no, they fired all the tall people. <laughs> short staff. I'm screwed around. Go ahead. Small Continue. package. No, but basically we were super short staffed and they still fired. They they only, the hospital I was working at, they only approved like three people's religious exemptions. Wow. Fired. Just like you're, just, you're like, you're fired. Terminated. They yeah, were like boom. the token Don't approvals, right? Yeah. To show that they did approve a few. Yes. yes. Yeah. And, and yeah. They canned everybody else. Right. Yeah. Bastards. Weird. Anyways. 
Imagine the worst day of your life. That picture looks different for everyone, but for many of us, that day took place in a hospital. Someone you've loved all your life died. Someone you've barely had a chance to get to know slipped away too soon. Someone in between was sick or injured. And all you could do was hold their hand. Or, due to distance of disease, watch them suffer on a screen. Though all the individual stories unfolding within a major city's hospital walls on any given day, though there are hundreds of reoccurring characters popping in and out of the tr- in and out of the frame, the army of nurses who kept the entire operation running. So they're trying to paint a picture here: the nurses being the heroes. No, I mean these are people who literally try to save lives. So uh, you know. Yeah. I don't know that I, I I have a problem with people calling themselves heroes when they're yeah. really not. You know what I mean? So like I I get you know sort of the kid gloves with this one, but uh, yeah, I got respect for people in in medical care who do it properly. So as New York City struggles to keep up with the tridemic of COVID nineteen. RSV and flu season. Tridemic. Yeah, it's all the same stuff, right? Which is actually funny. That this is the first time I'm hearing of the tridemic. It, well, so yeah. tridemic. I've I've heard Wait it. Wait for the quad it's, quaddemic. Yeah. I know. When's that coming? <laughs> the quindemic. When's the sexdemic? <laughs> when is COVID twenty twenty four coming out? Oh, wait. Okay. Never mind. You're getting ahead of yourself. <laughs> okay. Where's the octademic? <laughs> so hospital beds are filling up. But nursing positions remain empty, and those who are working through the onslaught are close to their breaking point. Patient-to-nurse ratios have ballooned. Individual nurses are tasked with juggling more patients than normal. The situation is especially dire in the NICU, which is the neonatal intensive care unit, where the hospital's youngest patients receive care. Wow. The New York State Nurses Association noted in a press release that nurses in one emergency department often have to care up for 20 patients. Oh my gosh, I can't even imagine that in an emergency department. That is just not safe. So one NICU nurse at some hospital will often be responding for uh, be responsible for three or four very sick babies at once. Wow. So let's just paint this picture. Imagine your baby newborn baby is in the hospital and typically in the ICU it's nurses, in the baby version of ICU exactly so typically an ICU nurse cares for one to two maybe three patients yeah. three or four it, patients in the ICU I mean that's ridiculous it's just it's really not safe and how long is that shift is that like 12, 12 hours usually usually they're 12, so 12, on 12 sometimes off? it's eight. So then imagine, so not only is this nurse, the ratio higher, they haven't peed all shift. They're not drinking water. They probably haven't eaten. Lunch they break? Haven't, What's that? Right. Yeah, they haven't taken a break. So these people, they're not nourished. They're not, and if they make any mistake, the hospital's going to throw them right. under the bus. Mm-hmm. So it's not safe for the patients, but it's also not safe for the nurses. So a lot of these nurses are so burnt out that they're like, listen, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm going to get any other job you know it's not worth losing their license a lot of nurses are doing the online you know like 
telehealth, telemedicine. Right, yeah, 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 telehealth sort of thing, yep. or they're getting an easier job. No one wants to work in the emergency room anymore. Yep. No one wants to work in the ICU. It's just people are getting burnt out and they need something different, which is why we're having such a hard time across the country staffing nurses. I just want to say this. Um, I don't know why it took the government reaction to COVID and the lockdowns and shutdowns and the closings of things for people to realize that telehealth could be a thing. Yeah. Like, you know, the same thing with like working from home. I've always been a a, a supporter of people working from wherever the heck they want to, as long as they get the job done. Right. Uh, But there are companies out there still that are like, no, we're a brick and mortar company and you will show up and sit at our desk. You know, it's like, who's going to go to our cafeteria? If you can get the job (laughs) done, who cares where the employee are they productive? Do they do do they earn their keep? Right. That's how you should be evaluating these people. The same with healthcare. Like all of a sudden now it's super easy. You just do a little Zoom session with a nurse or whatever. And here's my symptoms. And like, oh, we got your file. You're okay. Well, we'll prescribe you this. Go pick it up at Walgreens. And you're Bob's your uncle. You know, bam, you're done. And like it took like, you know, it's the only light that I see coming out of the COVID craziness is that there is now a a better mm, societal leaning towards things being done remotely. Right. Flexibility. Yes. I mean, the the time it takes for you to drive to wherever. I mean, if you could just like open up your computer and do it. Right. But I guess if, if you need those medical devices that may be at a doctor's office. Or, sure. Sure. You know, I don't know how you get that to a patient. Well, you then you got to go to like a walk in clinic or something, you know, a right. place where they have that stuff. And right. like, but like that's far easier to facilitate than having to go to a doctor, make an appointment, go to the doctor's office, wait for the doctor, go into the office, have them do all the stuff that they were good, you know, that they got to do to you while you're in the office. Then you got to wait for them to fill out all the paperwork, yeah. you know, before you What's can like leave or whatever. Yeah. And you do all the bureaucracy crap, you know, and then get out of there, and then drive back to wherever it is you're going, work home, whatever yeah. it is, when like it's just as easy to. To open your laptop. Yeah, my finger's broken. Yeah. Let's yeah. see. Yeah, it's check broken. it out. Yeah, I cut well, myself. Whatever. And, right. and typically, whenever I've gone to the doctor, they do the same stuff. Oh, I'll take your vitals. Oh, look at you. Yeah. Oh, you look fine. Where you know, ask me the questions, but they've never done anything to me. You know, unless yeah. they're doing some sort of specific test, and, like if I need a blood draw or something. Mm. But I can just go to a clinic. I can go to LabCorp and, and get if, my blood drawn. If you know? your uh, your insurance company. Uh, progresses the way that I expect many of them to, they're going to start sending you things like uh, little devices that you can plug into your computer to like oh, plug it right put in your, your arm in, takes your blood pressure. Yeah, put it right in your phone. Yep, put like, it in your phone, yeah. right? Scan, yeah. boom, boom, boom. Yeah. All that kind of stuff. So technology is going to evolve in such a way that it's going to, you're going to be able to do tests from home yourself. Right, just just as uh, small appliances are to a to a chef or to a kitchen, right. you'll have small medical appliances, like the, yeah. a mini little hospital yeah. in your in your house or a, or a, you know clinic. Yeah, crazy. Nikki right. continues. So moving on. <laughs> That's why this past week in New York City, seven thousand nurses at Montfiore Medical Facility in Bronx and um, Mont Sinai Hospital, Sinai Sinai Hospital in Harlem, traded their scrubs for red T-shirts and hit the picket line. The strikers are represented by the NYSNA. Uh, For the past four months, the union has been engaged in a flurry of negotiations with 12 major New York City hospitals ahead of a December 31st deadline after which the collective bargaining agreements represented 17,000 of their members would expire. Mm. 
as the deadline approached, the NYSNA held a strike author, held a strike authorization vote in late December, and almost ninety nine percent of its members voted to strike if necessary. Ninety nine percent. Wow. I mean that, and you know, people are talk, so clearly yeah. wow, the, a the, lot of them didn't. The, but. Load up the traveling nurses on the bus and get them in there. Yeah. Right. But and that's they and that's what really three grand a day. Well, and that was the thing. So when we striked at my, or it didn't even get to a strike, but right. at the hospital I was working at, the nurses were threatening to strike, and they they literally said they were like, "Well, we're not worried about it because we're just going to pay travel nurses to replace all of you for three months." Right. What a smack in the face! You have wow. these nurses who have worked here for years dedicating their lives to this hospital so right. it can run and you're gonna say nope i'm just gonna pay someone three times what you're making right now because we can afford it right wow. you know so and how can they afford it by overcharging patients right overcharging insurance companies well and accepting federal money federal money yeah. you know so yeah. so 99 percent of its members voted to strike if necessary Striking is always the last resort, NYSNA President Nancy Hagens said then. But we are prepared to strike if our bosses give us no other option. And remember, these nurses aren't striking because they want more money. They're striking because they're scared for their patients and they're scared for their own licenses and their lives. They may want a day off a week. Yeah. Right? It's asking too much. Contract negotiations centered around the workers' most pressing demand, safer staffing levels. Eight of the 12 hospitals managed to hammer out agreements before uh, before or just after the deadline, with nurses at Mount Sinai, Sunday, uh, Sinai? Sinai. Yep. Mount Sinai, Morningside, and West reaching a tentative agreement on Sunday. Let's see what else. It's... Interesting to me that you know, striking is even necessary uh, in this day and age for nurses like this, uh, particularly in you know <laughs> an area like New York State, right? It happens a lot. I mean, the nurses striked in a hospital in Worcester, Massachusetts, yeah. St. Vincent's. Yeah. There was a big strike. It lasted for a long time. I'm just saying it's like so. 2023. Like a lot of these things should have been... Uh, figured out by now and should be standard operating procedure. You'd think. Well, apparently not. A six zero three two eight three six one six zero. More about these nurses and more free talk live is coming up. Echo going on in yeah, there. Yeah, don't know where that came from. Echo, 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 echo. Built, 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 built. You could say that again. A built in. in, in. Say that again. You can say that again. Say that again. It's an echoing dual repetitive redundancy here on Free Talk Live. Department of Redundancy Department. It's an echoing dual repetitive redundancy here on Free Talk Live. It's an echoing dual repetitive redundancy here on Free Talk Live. Where's the bypass switch? <laughs> Free Talk Live, 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 live. The telephone number, 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 
603-283-6160. That's a lot of numbers. We'll get to your calls and thoughts in a moment. Just use the captain's numbers. (laughs) Don't call it twice. 603-603-603-283-283-283. You'll never get in. We need some peers to call. We need some peers to appear. We'll we'll get to some calls in a minute. Uh, It is Free Talk Live. We gave out the phone number. Oh, uh, in the studio. It's myself, the captain. Steve Classic. And Nikki. Nikki, we were talking about some New York State striking striking beautiful nurses. nurses. I I wrote a note for the the show notes that just says New York striking nurses, and it could be construed, (laughs) yeah, like New York is just literally beating some nurses. Probably what it feels like. Striking them, or they're bitch slapping them. Or... It could mean that New York has some gorgeous ner- New York striking nurses. Striking. Right? They're just you know, striking. striking. Anyway, what's going on with what else is going on with the strike? We heard uh, why they were striking, which is uh, it seems like they're mm, it's kind of like uh, teachers with the ratios, right? The ratios are off. There's not enough nurses for the number of patients that they have it sounds like they're filling in gaps with these traveling nurses yep. which i think i mentioned on the air that they were paying them around 115 dollars an hour yeah uh i actually shortchanged that by quite a bit uh during the strike hospital executives have brought in travel nurses to temporarily fill the strikers roles allegedly allegedly paying them 300 dollars per hour more than five times a staff nurse's hourly rate which is maybe why they came to an agreement after three days, because I know I mentioned the strike at St. Vincent's Hospital in Worcester, Massachusetts, and that felt like it lasted weeks. It felt like it lasted months, honestly. 300 bucks an hour is like $600,000 a year if you yeah. work 40 hours so a week. Wow. I followed this girl on Instagram. She was my age. So at the time, she was like 23 years old, fresh out of nursing school. COVID happens. So she has barely an experience, but gets a job as a travel nurse. And she was doing some investment stuff. She had millions of dollars saved up. Like she was just taking different contracts. She's traveling. She's young. She doesn't have a, you know, she doesn't have a mortgage. Yeah, no boyfriend. Nothing's tying (laughs) her down. And she was making, she made over a million dollars in that first year. And she was like, listen, you know, I invested and was kind of trying to be an an inspiration to other nurses and young women and, you know, young people to like, Hey, if you're making a lot of money, don't spend it all. Right. Invest. Right. Yeah. And that right. was she I was like, put the like, money dang. in the stock market in 2020 when it was down. Yeah. And, uh, know, let's go to some of your calls and thoughts. We've got. It uh, looks like Alu Axelman calling from New Hampshire. All right. Alu. Hey, I want to respond to someone who called in last night. I think from Florida, and he was uh, mentioning all of his issues or reservations with. Independence for New Hampshire. Okay. The session. And he said, uh, Oh, but what about the roads and the hospitals and the Medicaid and the people would die? Because I, I happen to know that people as, as dumb as like Captain Kickass and Nikki and whoever else is there would not survive without DC. Without smart people like Biden and uh, Pelosi and McCarthy, like you guys would just die because you wouldn't know how to like volunteer <laughs> lives. And, I would um, be totally lost uh, without yeah. Biden telling me what to do every day. Yeah, it's true. So I, I actually, so there are some questions that, you know, are somewhat legitimate in some sense about how things would continue, how our systems would operate without the federal government once we leave the union, as far as, you know, uh, the medical system and law enforcement and military. I wrote a book addressing all of these questions. 
every common question or pretty much every every actual question about systems. I wrote a book. It's called Articles of Secession. It's on Amazon for like eight bucks or seven bucks or something. And I, I, it answers all these questions that I've heard. And if someone has a question I haven't answered, I'll add it to the book. Nice. I've also had a standing invitation to debate anyone in the world on independence for years now, and no legislators have taken me up on it. So I'm open to debate. And I have articles and, and books out. So what's the, uh, real quick. Oh, sorry, I, sorry, hang on. What's the name of the book again? Articles of Secession. And it's on Amazon by Alu Axelman. I have a question about that. Yes, Can I get it on Kindle? Yes. Oh, my yeah, book it's on Amazon, right? Okay. Well, I looked yeah, it up and I couldn't find it. So. No, Articles of Secession on Amazon. Should okay. Be right there. All right. I'll find it. Yeah. Thank you. Anything else you want to add, Alu? I think that's all for now. I'm going to get back to work. I'm writing about the bills and the uh, hearings this Friday for some good Liberty Bills. Good luck and thank you for your service. We appreciate you, Elo Axelman, uh, also of, of the Liberty Block. Yep, there you go. Yeah, don't try to debate I him. To I don't him. know who would want to debate him. I mean, he'll just he's, clean him up. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's pretty good. strong. With Thorough. His yeah, the, the debate is strong with that one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, was there more about the strike, the nurses? No, not New really. We had nurses? one more paragraph, but. Okay. Make, make $600,000 a year. Yeah. Yeah, but that's just I, that's five days a week, though. But you got to think twelve so, hours a day. Yeah, but if you just were part time, well, yeah. and the thing is, so they were only striking for what three days. Yeah. So you get three days at a three hundred dollars an hour. Get another travel gig, but it's not going to be that much money. But still, I mean, these travel nurses are making big bucks. Right. Uh, let's go to more of your calls and thoughts. Let's go to David in New Mexico. David, you're on Free Talk Live. That's what life is all about. Money, money, money. That's it. There's nothing else. Hey, you know, it occurred to me that, that you know, if, if, if Alu opened a bar, he could call it Alu Akbar. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. I like it. What's on your hey, mind, David? Nikki, what, 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 well, um, uh, war gaming. But first of all, Nikki, what what mount was that again? For what? What mount was that? Mount Sinai. Mount. Yeah, Mount Mount Sinai. Don't, don't help her. I know. I'm not helping her. <laughs> you, well, you Mount Sunni, Mount Sunny. Yeah. Montefiore. Yeah, Mount Sayonara. <laughs> North Fork. Say that yeah. three times fast. Montefiore. Axelbar. And um, <laughs> <laughs> hello, Axelbar. <laughs> oh God! Uh, I haven't cracked myself. <laughs> <laughs> yes, David entertains um, himself oh, here on oh, Free Talk Live. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, war gaming, war gaming. Let's go from laughing to death. Uh, um, now, like, what kind of war games? Because I used to play uh, a board game called Axis and Allies way back in the day before oh, the yeah. internet, and that that was like one of these board games that you you got to spend a minimum of like eight hours playing. Right, and like the game yeah. can often last for weeks on end. It's like Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. What, what was the name of the game? Axis and Allies. And what I learned after playing it with some other people for quite... It's like a World War II thing? It's, yeah, it's kind of a, a reenactment of World War II. Each player gets to choose to be you know, a certain country or whatever. And really the way to win consistently, unfortunately, for this game, the way it was designed, is to just always become Germany. 
<laughs> really? Yeah. I would think that wouldn't be the way to win. Right. But so, so the, the reason that you win is because you just have to avoid the mistake that the Nazi Germany regime made, which uh, is fighting the war on two fronts simultaneously. Yeah. As long as you avoid doing that, generally speaking, you ramp up your armaments and your armies and your factories and all that kind of stuff fast enough within the confines yeah. of the game uh, that you can generally win most of the time. Generally. Generally, so, so what, what, that <laughs> what that brings to mind is that if the Axis powers opened a bar, <laughs> then they could have what would that be? The the Axis bar. Um, so if they hired if they hired, hired Alu, the creature, the creature Cantina from Star Wars. Yeah, like that. So back to back to killing people. Um, so war gaming. <laughs> back the, to killing the, people. I've. I was never killing people to begin with. I can't go back to something I never started. Well, I've killed people, and I'm going back to it, damn it. So, um, Wouldn't recommend that. Who, who are you going to kill now? I don't know. Whoever needs killing, I suppose. <laughs> uh, you know, just, just like, well, if it works, it works for the U.S. military, so what the hell, man? We are not encouraging murder on Free Talk Live. <laughs> if you need help and you can murder. find him, maybe you murder. can hire the David team. <laughs> I didn't say murder. I said killing. There's killing. a difference. Okay, Look it up. Well. Killing is killing and murder is illegal. Killing is not illegal if you're the government. Well, okay. Oh, so, so you're going to get so, a government job? Jesus, David. Haven't you listened to this show long enough to know that no, that's no, 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 just no, despicable? No, 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 no. I'm, I'm, I'm going to take, I'm going to fight the government, you know, because the government is not legitimate in the first place. So Agreed. back, so coming back to reality here, um, the government is presently murdering you, not killing you. They're murdering you with their little injection, you know, their lethal injection. Well, they're not and, murdering me. They're not mur- murdering well, me. You, 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 you aren't fine. the only, is this a radio? Is this, is this, are we on the radio? I don't know. Are we? I don't know. You're not. You're not on YouTube. It is a radio show. Station. You're not on my local stations anymore. You've disappeared from Albuquerque. You've disappeared from Farmington. I don't know. If I don't know on. about that. We should be. I mean, maybe not on Sunday night. I'm not sure. You know what stations you, are doing now. For years and years and years, you were on Saturday and Sunday night in Farmington. Now there's silence during your program. Yeah. However, they do play the advertisements. Uh, you know, the computer plays the advertisements automatically. But when you guys are come on, are supposed to come on for the, like the last three, four weeks in a row, yeah. and then um, I think your phone's like cutting out there somehow. Well, my yeah, my phone's a piece of crap, but so that's kind of like um, we um, did make some changes to the program though, David, that you uh, you probably heard about, but we've actually eliminated about half of the breaks, so we're taking much yeah. m- many less breaks, and so there were a few stations. Uh, that sort of were like, yeah, we can't handle that, or we don't have the technology to make that happen, or we don't want it, whatever their their reason was. So it's possible that we uh, fell off of your yeah. favorite radio station for that reason. Uh, but that I know that might be it. It, it might be it. That but I also know it. that there's sometimes stations will run other stuff instead of us. You know, even if we're the regular stuff, because you know they want to or they have something else. They're like, oh, we'll bump this show for this other thing for a while and try something out. So, yeah. uh, well, well, so. So far, that you you might you, I didn't that didn't occur to me. You might you may have just explained the Farmington issue, but Albuquerque canceled you because Ian's going to prison. That's why 
Albuquerque. It wasn't because you kept calling day after day saying things like John Jacob Jingleheimer Schmidt and uh, John J. Romero. That's the guy. And and what's the other? The the, Monica M. Monica Zamora. How yeah. can you forget, Captain? Come on. It's it's a traumatic experience, so I've blocked it out. And I'm, I'm, I'm only trying to heal now by confronting David on this show. Well, I'm proud and of you. The, let's test the captain's memory. What is the third level judge? What is the third one? Come on. Give me that name. Uh, Jimmy Crack Corn, and I don't care. Well, she kind of looks like that, but uh, Judge Angela. G- Go ahead. Finish it. Yeah, I don't know. Jewel. Judge Angela Jewel. That's, That's a new one. I haven't heard that a- one. Angela Jewel? Uh, yeah, Angela Jewel, married to Tommy Jewel. Remember the. Oh, oh right, yeah, I do yeah, remember now. As soon as you said married to Tommy Jewel, I'm like, oh, it all came rushing back. Thanks for making yeah, me re-experience yeah. the traumatic experience. <laughs> Department yeah, of Redundancy just, Department. Fought, David. I just about fought a big black judge in a black barber shop in Albuquerque. Okay. So back back to killing people, all right? So back to killing people. So the, the U.S. government is presently killing you, and that's where we went off because the captain responded to that with a you said murder. ass crack. Why is what you said? Murder is murdering us with the shots. No, I said, you know, I said, well, the go- yeah, the U.S. The government is murder. murdering you. The U.S. U.S. government is murdering you, and you went off on the word "you," but and I asked if this was a radio station, and the answer is yeah. Yes, we were all there for that. that. that yeah, and that oh. means well, that, that means that feels the, like that, I've uh, been here before. Right. Well, if you would, if you wouldn't have uh, pulled the switch and put the train off on the siding. Captain, we wouldn't wouldn't go back. Pardon me, sir. Would you mind stepping out of your train of thought? You were wandering all yeah. over the avenue of consideration. Can I see not, your degree, please? A, Take it out yes, of the frame. Not, a not not a problem. Not a problem. So um, the U.S. government is murdering you, and if and when the people of that live here get around to saying enough is enough, and they fight back against their illegitimate government that is murdering them. Um, which we can easily clean their clock because we have the Second Amendment, which means there's like, you know, half a billion firearms available to us. So well, some of us me, have the Second Amendment. No, we all got it. But it, so to avoid being sidetracked again, my question is, um, since the U.S. population can easily defeat the U.S. government in like two hours because we, we outnumber them and outarm them, like a hundred to one or thousand to one. There are certainly um, more citizens than government employees. Yes. Yes, and we don't need F-15s or F-18s or atomic bombs or anything to do it. We can do it simply with our uh, our, our handguns and long guns. But so the question is: Here's the question. Thank God we're finally getting to it. The question is: I'll say. Does the does the imposters calling themselves the U.S. government have some secret plan up their sleeve to kill us all, to defeat our uh, 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 small arms, because the, the U.S. military alone cannot defeat us. So do they have a greater plan to murder us all so that, they, so that we can't defeat them in a battle? Yes. That's a good question, and thanks for the call, David. We appreciate you. Uh, do they have a plan? I'm sure they've thought about it, uh, but we're in a position now, of course, I think I said this earlier in the show, maybe first segment tonight, that uh, we're in a precarious position where it, it's more prudent for you to think about how to defend yourself against your government than a foreign government. 
right? Because uh, governments, you know, they're kind of tired of doing all this war stuff, right? And they're like, well, why should we do that, you know, to increase our wealth and, you know, do favors for our friends when we could just target the citizens themselves, raise taxes, create more laws, more subjugation, more rule, more control over you equals better for them. Well, they want to do cities. both. 15-minute <laughs> cities, that's my thing now. 15-minute cities, keeping everyone in a in an open-air prison in cities. Yeah, yeah. that's just such a poor, like, uh, concept. Like, no, but if you horrible. can, if you can, you know, if, again, people who are rural are spread out, if they're concentrated, you can have more control over them yeah. easily. Yeah, people so, living in, in togetherments. Yeah, togetherments, yeah. 75, well, 75 square foot yeah. bedrooms, yeah. yeah. And if everyone's using all this electric stuff, no more gas stoves. No more internal combustion engines. Well, right. You can just pull the plug. Right. Your car. Your car is is freedom. Speaking you know, of combustion, let's go to Sarah in New Mexico. <laughs> Sarah, you're on Free Talk Live. Oh, I just want to say that thanks for the David call. He's very refreshing. I enjoy his calls. But I just want to say that. Are you being sarcastic? Um, Sarah, it's Angela Jewell. Rescue Center now. Dream Center. New Mexico Dream Center, and, and it's not about sleeping. It's about rescuing um, human trafficking victims that want to get rescued, and she was one of the guest speakers at the church that I went to. Who? So I was just quite shocked. Yeah, I went to, and then she was invited to speak about how they help. Who, who was know, invited? Shelby, one of the, she was used to be former counselor to the homeless people, and then she opened up a, uh, human trafficking rescue center. Oh, that's nice. Oh, okay. I know. I was just that was the best part of the service. I was like, wow. So they even have a youth center, the three days a week to have the underage um, people to go in and get help. Nice. Hey, so, uh, Sarah, I have a question for you because I know you're in New Mexico. Uh, do you, Do you listen to us on the radio? You know, I. I uh, you stopped coming in, but now I know because mm. Ian's going into prison now. That's why you got banned out of New Mexico radio station. Is that the way I mean, he's going to prison? I don't know, I don't know that we were banned, and uh, it remains to be seen whether or not he goes to prison. Uh, he, he did uh, go to trial. Uh, if you've been listening to the show, uh, you've heard about the Crypto 6, and if you want to find out more, thecrypto6.com is where you go to find out more. Uh, but he he was convicted by a jury. But there's a whole entire appeals process uh, that will be happening next. So uh, it's going to be some time. Uh, sentencing is scheduled uh, sometime later this year. You know, three four months from now. So there's a whole bunch of stuff that needs to happen before we know uh, whether or not he's going to jail. Well, the thing is that it needs to know that if he goes there, he's going to meet all these uneducated, illiterate welfare recipients that got free lunches. He's going to be in in the jail with those people so you better be careful to badmouth them on a show because they will kick his ass beating <laughs> off on welfare people and just that wait do you, do you have contacts in prison people. sarah is this a threat what, what's going on i don't know i you know what but that's who he's going to be surrounded by when have so, you known you know, ian gonna, to like badmouth like people. convicts Right. If anything, uh, the only thing Ian's bad mouthing is uh, the organization with a monopoly on violence known as government. I think that would probably make him pretty popular. 
Well, he picks on me all the time for being on welfare uh, repeatedly over and over again. So he'll be surrounded by people when he goes well, there, so he'll be happy. Yeah, he's not trying to insult you. He's just trying to point out that you're a leech on the system. Well, I mean, I mean, what I'm saying is, that is he my psychiatrist? Is he a judge? Is he the one that approved me for Social Security? Who is the one to judge me? So he could judge all the people in jail that got free lunch. That got welfare, people that got Section Eight. Well, they'll have a great. Time by there. definition, anybody in jail is on welfare, right? It's a sure, government-paid-for yeah. program. The government takes money from other people and uses that to build the prisons mm-hmm. and pay the prison, you know, uh, the guards and the uh, what's the guy who runs the prison? Uh, the warden. The warden. Thank and you. The pigeon. Pigeons, yeah, yeah. Get crystal meth, well, yeah. you know, all that kind get of stuff. You know what Pigeon. they say, three hots and a cot. Three hots and a cot. The ultimate welfare program. Now, huh? the difference between uh, somebody like Sarah collecting welfare and somebody like Ian, who's been uh, targeted and terrorized by the government, if he does go to jail, it's, of course, against his will. He has no choice. Uh, if he resists, they will shoot him and kill him. So that's that's a difference, Sarah. Well, I'm, I'm just anyway. Overall, I you know I'm not the one to pass judgment. I I think that Ian is not a malicious person. I, I no, not at all. Anybody who spent like ten minutes with the guy is like this guy is totally not. He means nobody any harm. He wants to bring peace to the world, uh, and he wants to bring prosperity to the world, and he wants to do it all nonviolently. Oh, that sounds like the opposite. Of the U.S. government, yeah, but it is, and, and you know, and I do appreciate his show because I get to bring up this dream center that we got, we got, um, you know, these dream center that we try to, he, you know, I get to talk about human trafficking, and there's people that are trying to stop it and help them, and and one of the workers, she got tricked and lured into a place, and three of these uh, people assaulted her. I guess there was oh, the, terrible one of those. I mean, it was the one of the pimps that was losing their girls, like they can't make any money, so that they set her up and they they found her. Somebody found her laying on the street. I mean, it just teared up my eyes, and I couldn't believe it. You know what I mean? I I couldn't. I I, I just cried, broke down, because uh, these poor women that are the, even the people that work there are getting assaulted, and it's just horrible. So. I'm I'm just happy with the opportunity to talk about this, but I just hope good luck with Ian, though. So, but good night. Hey, Bye-bye. thanks for the call, Sarah. Uh, yeah, it certainly is. Uh, you know, something like both human trafficking and Ian's plight, his obvious oppression by the masters known as the United States government, uh, are both very serious topics and should be taken seriously. Uh, you know, Sarah's fun. I like her calls. Uh, but she is, uh, you know, a, a leech on the system. It's the long and the short of it, you know. Uh, so are police, right? So are uh, if you work for the parks department, right? You're a leech on the system. It's just how it is. If you have a business and most of your business is done by contracting to the government, you're also a leech on the system. And that would be like what I would call a, a second level uh, welfare recipient, right? Uh, your cash cow is the federal government. We know that the federal government doesn't have anything, doesn't make anything, doesn't do anything of you know to produce. So in order for it to pay you, it must first take money from somebody else before they can give it to you. Secondhand welfare. Yeah, second yeah. level. Second really. level. Yeah, yeah, second. yeah. Like direct welfare. But I mean, it's still better than them creating another department and making them all government employees, but it's still bad. Who's going to pay for the roads? <laughs> uh, thank you, Steve Classic, for joining us tonight. Thank Thanks, you, Captain. Nikki, thank you, for Captain. joining us.
me. Thank you to all of our callers and listeners. It's been the Sunday night edition of Free Talk Live. You can find the archives over at freetalklive.com. If you missed any part of the show, you can go re-listen to it there. Consider becoming an amp at amps.freetalklive.com. Thanks and peace. <laughs>